0: And welcome to episode 325 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. It's been a sad, sad week for all of us since our last recording. Darwizzy and Salah combined to do the one thing Hawkeye begged you not to do. He gave Liverpool hope as they stormed out to a 2-0 lead at Anfield before the fan of the Champions League showed their inevitability. We then had no lunchtime kickoff on Saturday to bring some structure into our lives, and Man City with the evening game to compound the misery further. VAR was up to no good again, as it got a magnifying glass out to save the blushes of Danny Ward, but inflict them upon me, as I was left doing the Trossard celebration for a disallowed goal. Joachim Anderson begging the referee for more time because a draw against Liverpool wasn't enough is perhaps as clear a sign of where Klopp's men are at since, well, Tuesday night. Sunday rolled around and, to be honest, you can file this away alongside some of the worst recorded days in history. Triumphs for Tottenham, Ten Hag and Tommy Fury delivered a sobering message in the same way that films like Gone Girl, No Country for Old Men and The Usual Suspects did. Sometimes the bastards do win. There was some reprieve though, despite Chelsea suffering defeat, Graham Potter told Blues fans to look at one of their biggest rivals on top of the league as a source of comfort and a sign that things do get better. (laughs) I think I've covered everything there, so despite knowing the answer, I will turn the microphone over to the pair of you now and ask the all-important question, how are you doing today? Awful.
1: Yeah, terribly. I can't remember the last time I was happy. (laughs)
0: You'll always have that nil-nil at Anfield.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I'd take... Well, actually, no. I wouldn't take that. I don't, I don't even know what to take anymore. It's just turned my whole life upside down.
0: I'll tell you what you can take, and that's some news of the week. <laughs> Pilot thought his instructor was pretending to take a nap. Turned out he was dead. (laughs) Why would he be pretending to take a nap? This isn't the time for a practical (laughs)
2: joke.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: It's one of those weeks. Uh, Bride discovers groom being breastfed by his mother on her wedding day. No. (laughs) Does she still go through? Better or for worse, Jack? Yeah, pre-vow or post-vow, I don't know that much. Yeah, that's important.
1: Yeah, if you if you've already done the vows and you just open the door to that, like that's the quickest run to the enormous office I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Man with world's longest tongue uses it to paint.
1: If I had the world's longest tongue, that'd be the last thing I'll be using it for.
0: Good heavens! <laughs> what would you be using it for?
1: No, you you train it to do anything. You can like grab something from the fridge, paint, you know, paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we, talk, are we talking like painting and decorating or are we talking like fine art?
0: <laughs> Did a couple I mean, of wars. Yeah. <laughs> that would arguably be more impressive, to be fair. But no, I'm unaware of that. Sombre note here. Uh, alligator kills 85-year-old Florida woman as she walked dog. Was the dog all right? I don't know. Um, that That would
1: determine how I view that story. It's a disloyal
2: dog if it isn't, really. And the dog
0: has to go with her. Imagine finding that out. Because it's not like like when Spider-Man found out that Uncle Ben had been killed, he had like, you know, I've got one guy I need to track down here. He also had about five films of it happening to fall back on if he needed to (laughs) for reference. We can't go out. Well, I guess you could try and go out and take out the alligator, but Probably not going to end well. Although in Florida, you're probably armed a bit better than we are. You could do a
1: Happy Gilmore, can't we? you? Go after Chubb's assassin. Assassin.
0: Yeah, well, just, I think
2: there's a reason that was in a Sandler film. <laughs> it just goes around killing alligators. Well, it's probably the right one. <laughs> 85 is a great run in Florida as well. You've got to think that. She's had a great run there.
0: Then to have it end like that. Poetic. Lawyer argues fetus of jailed pregnant woman is being illegally detained. <laughs> <laughs> And this is like genuinely going through the courts. They think this might like change things massively.
1: I guess if you're in a in like a pro-life state, then yeah, I guess you'd use that loophole, wouldn't you?
0: The suggestion is that you'd effectively get time out on a house arrest, and then like the second you've squeezed one out, you're back in. Yeah. What a rough labour that is. Knowing that
2: <laughs> this is the good part. Um, you want a cesarean?
0: No. Nope. I'll I'll keep pushing. You won't believe this. 48-hour labor. I
2: can't believe it.
0: (laughs) Woman mistakenly eats crisp that could have won 100k. And you won't believe this here. We finally got a follow-up to the pig that was caught with Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Elusive Big Island skunk finally captured thanks to teriyaki chicken. (laughs) A kidnapping victim is going to jail. The reason? Asking for a bribe not to testify. Oh, overplayed his hand. (laughs) Man charged after eating stolen chips dropped by thief.
1: That's such a a Byron play.
0: No, no, don't eat other people's food. (laughs) No. In fact, it's a weird thing that people say it like it's a weird thing when I'm at work. They're like, bring food and offer it around. No point offering it to him. He's not going to have it. Like it's strange to not just want to pick at other people's food. No, thank you.
1: I mean, that's a good quality. to have. I'd, I'd, I'd
0: prefer that. There you go. That is an odd like, thing in, in a work environment. Though, Luke. Very few people will be turning stuff down. Well, that's my thing. If I don't take anyone else's food, I don't have to bring anyone in for anything in for anyone else. Yeah, there is that. I hate it on your birthday when it, it was your birthday. You're not going to bring cakes in. Well, that's not, it was my birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I no, do agree. I do agree with you there. Not that I'm bringing in cakes for anyone else's birthday. I just, when it gets found for my birthday, I just want that on the record. I was going to say the flip side is you have to bring for everyone's birthday. At least you just got off one my day birthday anyway. So don't worry about my birthday. Just put that to the side. Cat with cat with gang tattoos seeks new home after being rescued from Mexican prison. <laughs> <laughs> I had That's a really feeling cool you were going to say Mexico. Like the cat shouldn't have gang tattoos, but now that it does, I imagine if you put that in like a cat sanctuary, it's probably going to be the first one to go. Go where? Unless it's a rival gang coming to pick up a cat, maybe. <laughs> 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 um, this one from the UK actually doctor slept with patient in emergency department toilets to help with chest pain he claimed
1: you've got to admire it you have to admire that
0: Chance-a. and uh, in line with what Jack's just said the final one in which he actually sent me saying you've got to admire it woman with pictures of Rose West in bedroom w- pictures. woman with pictures of Rose West on bedroom wall jailed for life for boyfriend's murder <laughs> yeah i mean it, who if, saw that one coming if her
1: house is being searched by the police afterwards <laughs> would you reckon Do you think she did it had they look at photos of rose west on her <laughs> were there any signs <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah i think we've gone on, on to it before the uh posters someone in our uh, year at school used to have on their wall so there you go um tk as i broke down so eloquently before Uh, Liverpool took a 2 0 lead against Real Madrid after having beaten Newcastle and Everton in the seven days prior Klopp said pre-game that Liverpool had to be perfect to get a result while Real Madrid could be less than perfect and still achieve one turns out the man does know his football and uh, (laughs) that's exactly what happened before we get into the depressing stuff and I must say I, I kind of Enclosed, it is a depressing week for all of us. There were probably points of this week that were enjoyable for each person in isolation, but collectively, I also not sure I can put Jake Paul losing on the same page as both your teams losing. But I just wanted to feel a bit more involved. So, yeah, your team is um, doing too well for you to feel involved in misery. That must be difficult for you. Oh, they well, are still going to moan about the VAR. So, uh, well, yeah. yeah, true, true. Before we get into that depressing stuff. Are we going to have to start trademarking that finish for Darwin?
2: We might have to, mightn't we? It's pretty incredible he still looks as surprised as all of us when it does come off, though. It's one of the best parts of it.
0: I bet in training that goes wrong so many times. I think he tried that against us and got it wrong. So, the risk-reward. Yeah, yeah, it paid off for a couple of minutes. Because... Yeah. I don't know what they did to the Anfield turf pre-game as mm. everyone was falling all over the shot.
2: Like grease on it.
0: And there's points here for both Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal and whoever else that we don't need to go over entirely again. But your right-hand side is quite clearly an issue. That's nothing new this season. Um, but at a time when you needed to keep things solid for 15 minutes... Vinny pulls a clutch finish out the bag, but neither Henderson at the start nor Trent, Gomez and Fabinho get anywhere near him before he can uncork one.
2: No, if, if, to be honest, someone should have showed them some footage of this guy beforehand or, <laughs> or, I don't know, maybe played a big game against him a few months prior or something. They, they could have known about him that way.
0: And then the, the second goal, we've always tended to just excuse these for Alisson because we always say, you know, that's what happens when you play this way. But, Listening to uh, Ramsdale recently, and he was asked about, you know, you're playing Man City today, you're still going to play out from the back. And I mean, not rocket science. He explains about the situations and the essential time and place nature that is just drilled into him by the goalkeeping coaches. This one has to be one you're quite irritated about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just because it's not on the same,
2: um, obviously, stage. It's not far off the carrier's Benzema once because it doesn't matter what style of players, is what sort of goalkeeper you are a pretty basic understanding of I was about to say physics it's not even as deep as that you kick a ball against another human being it's going to bounce off you and if you're a goalkeeper the only thing behind you is an empty net pretty simple <sighs> equation to work out and I, I know I tweeted it at the time but the idea from the pundits at, at halftime it was like kind of like a modern fad of, well, if you're going to play out from the back, yeah. these things happen. <laughs> yeah. I think you can play out from the back and also no, don't kick the ball direct- directly at this guy.
0: There was some questions, and I have to say, if it was Trent that played this pass, I think he'd probably be getting uh, more of a raw deal than Joe Gomez, who we are going to get to because it didn't end there for him. But yeah. anything to say for him because he puts his hands on his head as if like, this is entirely your fault. I think he probably knew I'm going to have to blame you because he knew what was to come. Um, yeah,
2: because the weird thing with Gomez, he'd done that thing that fenders do, where shapes go one way, shapes the other way. And he sold Vinny, and all he had to do was then go out to Trent. Um, and then Trent kind of progressed with it. Uh, but instead, he kind of did the right thing on that one, but then passes it back to Alison anyway. Vinny reads it, obviously, is onto him. Uh, so he just created a situation we didn't need to create. Now, Allison should still deal with it anyway. Yeah. But it was just, yeah, just an example of, um, yeah, I don't think Van Dyke would have done it, for example. I don't think most center backs would have it. I think they would, once they'd uh, found, they'd always try and get to the fullback back
0: if they can, and that's the better option, probably. I-, I wasn't surprised, but I do think people were showing their hand quite a lot in the fact that, like, Trent is the name that's trending after this game, when I think you could list five worse performers than him on the day the free kick that they score from to go uh, 3-2 up. I don't understand how he's the one getting the blame for this. I've seen the memes, I've seen the video clips and all of it. Is this not just zonal marking gone horribly wrong and this is what can happen in a situation like this where you can't react fast enough? Because if Trent moves off the back post and it goes over him to Benzema, then Trent is the one that's getting the stick here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I thought, and Klopp spoke about it as well in the post game where he said you're never going to talk about a game where he's defensively solid even when you're praising Trent or be because of his passing or crossing or whatever but they never praise it, and there have been some games this year admittedly less than the bad ones but where he's been sound defensively he's had a really good game you can see what he's been working on um, and it doesn't get commented on at all really in the media and Look, this this still wasn't a good game for him. It wasn't. Uh, but I didn't think that ga- that goal, sorry, the third one was a sign of something wrong for him. I thought it was a soft free kick, but also a bit of a naive free kick that you shouldn't give away. And then some horrible marking. Um and us make that a mistake from Harrison just before half time and that goal just after half time really kills us. That's basically the tie uh, there and then. Admittedly
0: it still shouldn't lose five two, but I think that's where that's where the game is. I think Henderson can... I don't think he's got the best poker face, but he can do it in a way usually where it's more rallying than it is kind of complaining. And the look on his face when it goes 3-2, you just see like the life leave his body, and it's Mm. like, we are fucked. Yeah, yeah, you could see the players knew it as well, couldn't you? Which, um,
2: not great. Not a great sign. Um, And... There's been, as with the um, as with the Newcastle and Everton games, just a little bit more energy about the team in general. And obviously going 2-0 up early on in the European tie at Anfield is going to energise you. But how quickly that drained and they suddenly looked like sort of the lifeless souls that they've done for most of this season
0: uh, was scary, really scary. I can't remember which team it was because it's funny you say about Trent. I think, did you play Leicester shortly after christmas because i remember there being a whole thing on monday night football where gary neville is like look at this guy he's taking his defending more seriously now he's getting low and then i think you got trounced by like three (laughs) in the game after that one which kind of just made a mockery of it very quickly but i think it's come to a point now where people are going to try and do it which then only pushes the people that are going to go in on him to do it further, because they're like, look, and people told me this guy's a good defender, and then the cycle continues.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, in terms of the general populace, I'd say it's such, it's one of those things that is, I think, irreversible. In terms of, it doesn't matter what he does, he's never going to be able to def- defend in the eyes of some, um, and that isn't going to change. <laughs> um, I will say, I do think he early on as well, where, even when we were 2-0 up, I do think was just was just charging up the pitch at times. Yeah. Where It was like, you've got to know what's behind you. And I, I know you play to your strengths. And part of it is going to be Trent has to give Vinicius Junior something to worry about going the other way. I realise that. But there's also, you've got to realise where you're at here. And that one where um, for the for the Vinicius uh, Vinicius goal and there was another one as well where Trent's taking a free kick up the top of the pitch your instinct has to be to get back in there and it just it didn't seem to be it seemed a, a bit of a jog back a bit of an amble yeah. back and it's got to be you know, you know a lot less about football than these players will but your first instinct would surely be right I need to get back in position because this guy's a threat and I don't know This, I guess that's a sort of instinct that you'd assume everybody has and it seems like if he does he just didn't want to
0: I'm I'm always doing the the Arsenal thing, obviously, but there was a clip from the weekend and we were playing Leicester, who, I mean, Brendan's had his moments, but they're they're no Real Madrid. And they're on a fast break and you see all 11 of our players get back into frame within about half a second. And this is in like, I know it's in like the 35th minute, but as you say, some of the points, it's all well and good charging up there, but you do have to have the ability to get back and you have to acknowledge who it is whoever the attacking players are in the league. And Sinchenko is probably a good comparison for Trent, not so much in the playing style, but in what they're expected to do and what they're best at. Mm. And when we played Man City, he was just say three yards deeper, just so he had the ability to do that. (sighs) Or you just have to have a better communication with the person in front of you. And they come across slightly to to close the pass off. Yeah. Liverpool just don't have that at the moment. I know you said the free kick was soft, maybe. I think it's so painfully obvious what he's doing. Vinnie kind of bursts past Trent, and then he does the thing where you get to the byline. There's nothing there, so he just stops and just checks his run. And Gomez just charges into the back of him. Like I don't know what you think you're going to be able to do there.
2: No, the, I will admit those fouls are one of my pet hates. That and the opposite way when if you're at their end and your winger ends up doing a, putting his hands up, making the push or making a foul when you've got them in the corner. It just yeah, yeah, absolutely riles me. Um, and even when you look at it and you might go, is that really a free kick? You know the ref's going to give it, so you've got yeah. to play by, you know, do business as it's being done, as they say.
0: It's Gomez, it deflects past um, for 4-2, and then there's probably a larger conversation to be had for the fact that Modric is able to outrun your entire midfield for 5-2. <laughs> But it's just horrible defending again from everyone. I've said all that to say this. Are you ready to give up on Gomez? Have you given up on Gomez? And has central defence very quickly become a priority position of upgrade for Liverpool in the same way that central midfield is? Well, the difficulty (laughs) with that is
2: everyone's going to say, we'll just get Kanati back fit and we'll be fine. But Obviously, getting Kanai fit and keeping him fit is also part of the equation. And his first year with us, when you look at his injury record, is the only one where he hasn't had significant timeout with injury, really. And even then, he had a little bit of timeout, but he still got a good number of games. So, I, I don't know. I think with him and Matic there, I don't think we'll prioritize it because we've got obviously some pretty desperate needs in other positions. Uh, but the issue, with, yeah, the issue with Gomez it's pretty classic Gomez and it? it looked like he'd taken a step forward. It's look at the Newcastle and Everton performances. He looked like he got some confidence again. I said his confidence just looked shot and I've said it countless times, but he's the most visible with it as well. He looked shaky. He can't disguise it at all. And he looked like he'd gone and got it back a little bit. Um And then I've, you know, this game would have absolutely murdered him.
0: Well, statistically him and Van Dyke are one of the worst central defence pairings in Liverpool history. Now, the real issue for Joe Gomez there is that serious people aren't going to turn their eyes to Van Dyke in that equation. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's on you. The circumstance of what's in front of you, the games you're playing and all of those things, I mean, you can question all of that, but it doesn't take us long no matter how uh, schooled of a football fan you are to to say whether you're a good defender or a rubbish defender. And in the same way that we were doing for, I mean, a lot of these Chelsea players for the whole season and, and we've done plenty of times before, sometimes you can give someone the benefit of the doubt for so long and then it kind of clicks with you at once. Okay, maybe this is just who you are. And Gomez, you look now and you struggle to see him being able to pull back. What he once had, to the point where you start questioning: Was it there in the first place? Like, what was I seeing? Things all of this because he just looks horrible.
2: Yeah, and, and teams obviously increasingly are going to target him, especially if he's on the same side as Trent. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's obvious, yeah. isn't it? Um, you are right. The, the reason I wouldn't be entirely like, hardening is that he did play a good amount of games in the year we win the league. And that first half of the season, it is him and Van Dijk starting a lot of those games. So, you know, or was it, or was it the, the year before? Regardless, he's had a season where he's put it together. Yeah, no, it, was,
0: it was the year you won the league.
2: Yeah, he's he's put a body of work together where you can go, okay, at least I can see that there's something here for a prolonged period of time that isn't just, oh... Van Dyke carrying somebody. He's at least shown me something. Now, playing against Van Dyke is sure is very helpful, but he's he's given me something. A lot of people have then speculated because obviously he's had some big injuries, whether that they've just had an effect. I don't think you look at him and think physically that, you know, he's
0: just maybe Decision making.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. It's decision making and then he'll make he'll just Ruin like a, a pretty basic pass at times. Well, that's not because you know he's lost a yard of pace or he's not as strong or whatever. He looks fine. I think physically, As you know, I'm sure
0: he's probably had some of that, but it doesn't look that bad. It's more just, yeah, like you said, it's. Um, I'll say this in com- complete seriousness because I, I know the, the jokes that get leveled at Liverpool fans. Do you think not having any fans, if you can have someone like Van Dijk coach you through a game, I don't know how much of a difference that makes. How much decision making. He, he wasn't having to use instinct in comparison to what he's doing now because it was be slower. You, obviously, you could hear everything around you. It was far more. It was supposed to be far more tactical. I'll, I'll let everyone else decide that. But I don't know how much that plays into it. But then
2: the good bit would have been when we did have fans, wouldn't it? So I don't. If we kind of tailed off once the yeah. fans went, yeah. so I, I don't. I don't know. The, the principle is right in what you're saying, though. I think if you do have a shaky, nervous player having fans, and there is probably only going to worsen that.
0: I'd, when you look back at some of the players that were balling in that time, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing I will say with Gomez is
2: are we if and again, if Matip and Kanati can stay fit is increasingly becoming a, a bit of a silly question. But if you take it that they're two and three on our list of center centre backs, are we gonna get a better fourth choice centre back than Joe Gomez? if we go out to the market, I'm not convinced about
0: that. And maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm pretty sure if you canvassed around the league and, um, I'd hope for his sake, this is how it is. If you asked, would you rather have Joe Gomez or Rob Holding two English center backs? You, in that scenario, you're saying a similar position in the pecking order. Mm. I'm assuming most take Joe Gomez, but usually if you're in that position, uh, you're perhaps not being looked at as a guy who's going to be starting a lot of games and you, you're perhaps being looked at as a guy who can come in and change a game state. And so maybe in that sense, then you do look at someone like Rob Holding more. It's a bit who, more solid in people's mind, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's not the aerial monster that he should be in the situations he's brought in on, but he's far more caveman defender.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, head and kick is definitely. Joe Gomez isn't someone... If, if I was sat next to three Liverpool fans and it was the 85th minute year against Man City, and you took off a midfielder to bring on James Milner. Not James Milner, Joe Gomez, sorry. I was thinking of taking off a midfielder. I don't think the Liverpool fans around me would be going, okay, I feel a bit better (laughs) now. Kind of shored things up a bit. Be shitting ourselves, Jesus. A couple more Liverpool questions. Uh, Any issue with Carragher taking shots at Van Dijk or giving guys like Henderson a pass? Yeah, I know what you mean. It does... As much as you might joke, I think
2: Carragher did take that comment a little bit to heart about he wouldn't get in the team. Um,
0: yeah, Do you bit... not think... When the question was asked, I always thought, and I always took it in the way, that's why I'm a bit surprised Carragher is taking it personally, like he clearly has, that, well, you're asking me essentially to say which one of yeah. my teammates are you replacing? What is he going to say then? Which he's never going to you know what? Yeah, you can do a better job than Joel next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. It's- and
0: I, I also thought if you were going to make that comment and I, I loved it, everyone that wasn't a Liverpool fan loved it. Some Liverpool fans loved it in the moment where you're just hating everyone in your team. It felt a bit, I don't I don't know, if if Thierry Henry took a, a shot at Saka because he's not, say Saka missed that penalty against Man City. Mm-hmm. And then Man City go and put five past us. And Thierry's going, oh, well, wow, look, I think I would go in there and do a better job than him right now. That's kind of, oh,
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's, it also feels really opportunistic um, as a moment to sort of try and take him down. Um, in fairness to Carragher, I think, it, it, you look at the rest of his comments, he seemed quite emotional and quite angry about the whole thing, which I can understand. I'd,
0: that's why I thought the, the Henderson thing was weird, where he was kind of like, well, look, these guys have been in, and what we've said before, it's not his fault that his legs have now aged and you're expecting him to do the same job. But it's kind of like, if we're taking shots here, then take everyone's head off. Like, Don't start sparing Henderson like he's a woman or child, and like you're on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, like
2: yeah, it is odd, though, isn't it? Certain players will escape it. And yeah, Henderson probably fits into that sort of bill.
0: If we move past uh, Real Madrid onto Palace. um... Fantastic. Yeah, uh, never going to be easy. Palace away. Mm. But without Darwin, you bring in Jota and you're still unable to conjure up a goal between you. I I said to you on Saturday that pundits very quickly jumped to players not caring like the same ones that supposedly didn't care at 5-2 against madrid must have cared at 2-0 <laughs> is, yeah. is there any part of you that thinks you've down tools for the season uh not at this point uh because
2: Yeah, we're we're a week removed from right liverpool are back in the top 4 then it's yeah. on um and still in the Champions League, and now, obviously, the pitch has changed somewhat. Once it's confirmed right at the Champions League, and if we were to lose, obviously, we've got Wolves and United this week. If we were to get two bad results there, I, I do wonder if just naturally players will go, well, this season's a wash. There's nothing to be done here. Um, yeah. But I, I think I think you can get enough of a tune out of these players. I don't think there's bad characters really in there. Um, I just think some of them just aren't what they used to be. And you are right. They they don't care. It's just an overused thing that is thrown out at pretty much any opportunity as a way of a pundit not actually having to do any research or think about anything. It's the easiest one to do.
0: We had it a couple of seasons ago. Jack's going to get it uh, every week. I mean, in fairness, I think a lot of the
2: Chelsea players don't care. I was going
0: to ask him the same question (laughs) later, but remember... um, I think Neville took a shot at uh, Xhaka after we lost to Newcastle and he was like talking about caring. like He wants to have a look at himself. And it was like, what part of this interview suggests to you that he doesn't care? I don't think anybody ever accused Xhaka of not caring. Caring
2: a bit much might have been some of it. But it was the thing, I I said it to you for a long time with you on Arsenal. And it was one of those things where Arsenal fans would probably simultaneously agree with me, but also really not like what I was saying. I was like, you're just not that good. So you—it's yeah. not just that the, people are like, oh, these players aren't trying. It's like that's just not very good. Now they might, they could try maybe a little bit more, but it wouldn't be that much different. It's just they don't have the quality.
0: Well, I remember certain players being looped in, and like, I remember looking at someone, and we just brought in David Luiz, and it was like for all of this guy's faults, as you've just said about Xhaka, this isn't the guy that doesn't care. Mm. This is a guy that is the complete opposite. And you saw that in in the FA Cup, right? It's it's a very cheap thing, and I thought you saw that because at the end of the game, if it wasn't Carragher, some in that studio were making accusations of, you know, at five two they don't care and this and that. And yeah, I think it I think it's very cheap. I think we'd be surprised and that's why sometimes I think they overdo it in interviews where they'll tell you just how much they care. Like the wives coming out in all the documentaries going, you know, I can't even speak to him after a game for 24 hours. He's (laughs) so upset that he's just lost points to, I think uh, there's some, and I think we can probably single out the ones that don't care. They're probably the ones flapping their arms about and doing this, not the ones who are just kind of having idiotic moments more than uh, being lazy.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of issues with that Liverpool team and that performance against Madrid. But I, I didn't think it was a lack of effort or application. It was just a lot of, uh, a lot of naivety in the game, which is really odd. Uh,
0: a, a question which maybe you won't want to ask, but how much blame? does Klopp need to be taken? Because I know there's kind of a thing with Liverpool fans where a lot walk on eggshells around him a bit. You, you've mm. seen him walk out on Dortmund and maybe some are afraid that he could be pushed to do the same here. And like, There's only so long that we're accepting, you know, boo-hoo, these teams have more money than me and, uh-uh. you know, the schedule's doing this. And all the managers complain about it, but I've not seen as much pressure on him as I thought there would be at this stage. Yes and no. Uh, Only
2: in the. Are we going to have a manager with more credit in the bank than him? Probably not. By pressure, I I don't mean in terms of the job. No, no. It's if you want to in terms of the Real Madrid game. I think he does deserve a decent amount of blame because when you look at it, it's much like the situation with Trent bombing up the field or whatever. There doesn't seem to be at the minute much adaptation for who you play. It's just we'll do our thing and it will work. So, well, when you're playing like we are, you can't go, right, if we turn up, it'll happen because, one, we're not turning up and that isn't going to be good enough to beat Real Madrid in the European game. And there's no sort of moderation. It's not saying, right, you can't play on the halfway line. I'm not saying you can't play the high line or whatever, but you've got to also, when things are going against you, sort of change it up a little bit. And it's so easy to play through. And that's at some point, the manager's got to look at it and go, how can I get the midfield to just be more sort of rigid more compact and we've never really worked that out and it was again it was just most evident in that game because we were doing what we've always done which is basically go at you and we would leave ourselves open but most basically it used to be that right we'll swing you'll swing and we'll probably beat you in the state we're in at the minute you can't do that and there's been no real understanding that you've you've got to change
0: there's ways of doing it as well it's like uh Preheat in the oven or you know you turn the heat up slowly or whatever but you don't automatically go into a game and two minutes in you're going to just suffocate a team and pressure them you work your way slowly up the field and that's when you bring your full backs in and that's when you can then trap them in their half and it's like you're not solid solid enough defensively to play ball. <laughs> no and it, because you've got the players you saw against Everton, you saw against Newcastle you could batter teams in transition if you could rely on yourselves to be solid yes. enough defensively.
2: But we're never going to go right, soak up the pressure and hit
0: you on the break because we just, yeah,
2: can't trust ourselves. No, so
0: there has to be something there. But yeah, I didn't so much mean you, but yeah, a lot of fans, it does seem like there's a kind of a thing around him where don't piss him off because yeah, you've got we sli- don't want him to do something. You've got a slightly odd
2: situation
0: where I'm sure you can find plenty
2: of corners of the online world that are just going to say clop out now. Um, and you can sure. think, well, definitely be careful what you wish for um and then but then a section of fans that say if you'd just said what you said there they'd probably bite your head off and go "Ah, oh, he's won this won that you know? yeah 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 but you can still you can still improve and we're sort of um i was thinking about we got to figure out how we can sort of adapt in a way of like uh you know in MMA, like someone like Gaethje or Chandler, you know, when it's sort of like, (laughs) at some point you've got to choose between being the most violent man here or trying to adapt yourself a little bit to get the wins that you need. Yeah, And kind of, at some point we've got to kind of go, yeah, we're not that team that is just going to go out and press you from the front and pump you now. You kind of got to be a little bit more withdrawn. Um, And it's whether he's going to be able to adapt to that or we're just going to have to ride it out until we can get the players that we can get back to where we used to be. But then that's not a formality either. I think people think no.
0: two or three players and we'll be back. and it's, I don't know if it's going to be quite that simple. I'd love to see Klopp out become like a Wenger out thing so I could see it from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to just see that slowly, slowly form. Like I remember tuning Wouldn't in like out. WWE at the time and you would see like, a Wenger outfit <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> and you tune in like the IPL and there'd be someone in India with a Wenger outfit. It's just the most incredible thing.
2: Imagine if Wenger was like watching these things. <laughs> just like just shaking his head. Like, oh, I can't believe it. The WWE got me as well. <laughs>
0: um, On to three o'clock on Saturday then. So nothing much from me on Arsenal this weekend. You'll be pleased to know. But one particular decision did have people talking at around 330 Arsenal secured an important 1-0 win over Leicester in the afternoon. But Martinelli, only goal of the game, restricted Leicester to 0.01 xG. Was it just 0.1? Either way, restricted them. Looked like at times we were just going to keep peppering and we weren't getting the shots on goal. And then we finally whip a corner in. It'd been short corners the whole way through, which was killing me. Trossard, curls one in after uh, Danny Ward punches it out. But the commentators went, oh, here we go. You know, Varchek can't see anything wrong here. Next thing you knew, the goal, the goal was being ruled out. I assume you've both seen it. Before we kind of break it down, I just want to know if either of you think that should be getting ruled out on a Saturday afternoon. Come on, Jack, Deliver the goods for us. Because Jack's all about keeper safety as well. I,
1: it, I'm i going to sit on the fence here. I'm oh, wow. I'm, I'm fencing. You can see why it was and why it wasn't. I think you've got to play keeping... That's I, good enough for me. I'm I know
2: keep... Byron's losing his head over there, so that's good, <laughs> yeah. that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah. I just, you've got to be certain the keeper's going to be safe in this
0: scenario. Now if i was a less inquisitive man i would assume you've just not seen the goal by the way you've reacted
1: good job you're a less inquisitive
0: man <laughs> <laughs> that is poor form i'll explain it for anyone at home that maybe hasn't I've, I've,
1: I've fallen out of love with football man just leave me to it.
0: all right well i'll i'll explain it to you um i'm I don't know if I appreciate the effort or not. Maybe a bit more. I was about, I thought you were about to explain it yeah, and I was the... going to go, you know what? For a second, I thought you hadn't seen it. Uh, and then you said, well. you know, um, I'm just all about the keeper safe. And now you're <laughs> going to explain it to Jack in a totally objective way. No, to no, I've, he's going I've to be taken, to
1: I, was, I, was, I was frantically as you were doing it, trying to search. It, know, I've taken it. Go. I've
0: taken the uh, ESPN explanation. I thought I had anyway. Yes, I have. No, I've got the the reason why it was drawn out. Corner comes in and Ben White is in the role of shielding the goalkeeper. Now, I think he may have bought into the, you know, we love big Ben White, the shithouse, all this kind of stuff. He's almost pinching the top of his glove, Danny Ward. So he punches the ball away, but his one arm stays by his side. Ball gets punched out, comes to Trossard, he curls it in. Danny Ward comes charging out, complaining he's being held. They look at it and say that Ben White was holding Danny Ward, and so this is why it was ruled out. The explanation for why this was ruled out in comparison to others was apparently the length of time that he was holding him for, TK. I mean... Held him around the wrist and pulled on it as the cross came in, is what they are judged he looks, which meant the ward was unable to get a clean connection on the punch.
2: He looks like he's just like holding the top of his hand. I mean, in yeah. which case I can't. You can't tell me Danny Ward can't wriggle that for it yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've just watched it as well, and um, yeah, that's that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I retract everything I said. <laughs> because keep it safe. You got to be careful. Those wrigg- <laughs> do you have to be? Those fingertips wrigg-
0: are precious. <laughs> yeah. My issue isn't that it was a foul because technically it is. But the the issue is twofold in that, firstly, Saka is hauled down in the box almost immediately after, and that wasn't considered a foul. So it's like, what are we weighing up as the correct amount of interference here? Because there's more interference there in Suter wrestling him to the ground than there was in the disallowed goal. And then secondly, the word we're using every week in conjunction with VAR is consistency we had a game against Villa this season where Kamara has two arms around Ramsdale holding him in place. And then because he lets go just as the ball's coming over, it's deemed that he wasn't holding him in place when there was more contact there. There was the goal allowed earlier in the season when Spurs had put melier in the net before the goal <laughs> and they come back to win three, two. It's just very strange. I feel like if you start putting a magnifying glass on, uh, every corner routine then you're going to see holding in the area so where does it stop Danny Ward is just as able to pull himself away from Ben White in the way that we would expect a striker to if a striker is in that situation and Ben White is holding him and he tries to jump off the floor he wouldn't get a penalty he would say well you know it's a game of contact you're a big strong man work your way free it's just strange. My, my feeling at the time was you won't see a single goal ruled out for that for the next five seasons. I've never seen it before. Just frustrated. Leno's Arsenal career was essentially ended by him being pinned in a similar defensive situation and we were told he should just be stronger. <laughs> it just makes little sense.
2: It's a good job Troy Deeney isn't still kicking about. It'd been in huge trouble.
0: It, yeah, it's, it's just weird. I mean, you can kind of after the game when you've won, and I know you said that this about Klopp, it almost is the time to complain. Mm. So you can't be called sour grapes. I don't know. I, if I was going to be a conspiracy theorist, which I'm definitely not when it comes to referees, (laughs) I think I accused match fixing in the United game last week, looking back, I thought there may be some comeuppance from costing one of their mates his job. And, uh, I guess we'll see what happens for the rest of the season. But Neil Swarbrick today has uh, handed in his resignation Jack, after the uh, Chelsea penalty incident against West Ham, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, it makes you feel great. But he'd like to stress it is entirely not because of mistakes made and purely because he wants to retire.
1: <laughs> of course it is. That's why he's done it halfway through a season.
0: No, he's not leaving to the end of the season. He's more uh, he's oh, right. for Wall Street in it. I wish you'd just signed it off with it's
2: purely because I've made an absolute mint, lads. Cheers, <laughs> They're <laughs> fucking over your teams, Salah.
0: Just did you think it was right to be rolling out then, TK? Before we move on, no, no, I thought it was a joke. Look, yeah, we've said before, much to uh,
2: Jack's dismay, how overprotective keepers are, and this was a this was a pretty good
0: uh, advert for our <laughs> argument. Um, we're, we're told the threshold's <laughs> gone up, but. Only, only in certain even, situations that don't include It's a, it's a pretty
2: classic case of Danny Ward being inept, of it, praying that the refs could help him out. Well, like, what makes you think this or... guy
0: is going to get a better punch on it? This is just him. <laughs> he's yeah. just awful. I, I
1: don't think this is just a case of keepers being overprotected. I just think it's a bad call. I think it's a really bad call. Mm.
0: I don't know. I think if Ben White does that to a striker, it's probably not being given as a penalty. So, no. but, even, yeah. even on the match of the day, the commentators are
2: going... They were essentially as much as they can going, is that clear and obvious? And just yeah.
0: repeatedly going like that. So that's how I just said. I thought it was the clearest sign of what VAR's been like the last few weeks that I was kind of waiting for them to do a big thing on it. And it was just really a passing comment after the game because we'd won. Yeah. Was, okay. That's just how regular these things are at the moment. Yeah. Jack, Graham Potter is now the only person in Chelsea history that can't talk about three-point lane. He spoke earlier in the week about Chelsea fans sending him emails wishing for him and his kids to die, which is strange because Chelsea fans are usually very relaxed and mild-mannered. Hmm. It turns out that the entrance to his that press conference in particular was the highlight of the week for Chelsea fans, as he apologised for being late, explaining he'd just come from a crisis meeting. Come on, you had to enjoy that, Jack. That was funny. He did. He said a couple more of them and he'll accept him as manager.
1: (laughs) I didn't say accept him. I start to like him. (laughs) That's a big
0: difference. What, Jack? There's quite a
1: chasm that you're bridging there.
0: He says he'll take full responsibility for Sunday's 2-0 loss to Spurs and I thought a good place for us to start would be the team selection.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do find it strange that you're quite happy to let Ziyech go and now. He's getting a game everywhere. Well, I've, like, I've got the I,
0: changes here. I, I, Koulibaly was preferred to Badia, Chile and Fofana. Chilwell and James returned. Loftus-Cheek was preferred to Mount, Zakaria or Gallagher. And yes, Ziyech, who, who was deemed disposable as recently as deadline day, was preferred to Mount or Madouk. Like,
1: I, 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 I genuinely don't... I didn't have much problem with his team selection, if I'm honest. I, I, I think... That team is probably the right team. I think Kulabari, for all his faults, he does. He'd had a good game against Tottenham in, earlier in the season, and the way that he comes out of defence and rushes attackers can be to his detriment a lot of the time. But when you've got Kane there, I think that's why he was brought into the team a bit more aggressive. What did you mean, of
0: um, Chukwemeka and Fofana not even making the matchday squad? Yeah, odd considering that he's one of our. I was told Fafana I mean, was your best player last week by a Chelsea fan.
1: But as in which Fafana?
0: Um Datra.
1: Striking for F- Datra, yeah. I mean, I don't know where he's got that from because <laughs> I don't know, what what pool is he taking this from?
0: The uh to, to make Hampton that
1: game. Great. The one game and we still didn't score. Well then that was so, your
0: last game, so to, to yeah, sort of drop from the, the is in that game. Madness. I,
1: yeah. I mean I'll, I'll be honest with you no one's in informed the problem with our team at the moment is that we looked what in we could see what informed players looked like when they were brought in in mudrick enzo and God. um Felix. Mudrick
0: had another- and- mudrick hadn't played in-, <laughs> in about six months
1: no but what i'm saying is is that they looked in form compared to what we had at the time and now they what's happened in the pot is they've now got just as bad as everyone else in the team.
2: It's like they haven't elevated the level they've been brought down.
1: Yeah. We we use this term space jamming a lot on this part, but it's almost like he's a lightning rod for ability, this guy. He just just saps everyone's ability when they walk into this team. And the longer that they're in this team, the worse they get. I mean, if you've seen the if you've seen the pass map from the game where it's just a diamond shape in the on the left side, I think it was two passes down the right the whole game just makes no sense i just the, oh, i just i, I at a loss to see because the problem is when you're told to trust a process you want to see that there's gradual improvement right that's what a process is the process is telling us here that we're getting consistently worse this i just don't understand. I don't understand how that he's still there. I just can't Post game just
2: going like, I take full responsibility for this. You
1: can't just keep losing yeah. and then take responsibility <laughs> yeah. for
2: losing. That, that, you've got to do something about
1: it. Yeah, that's, that's not a get out of jail free card. You can't just go, yeah, you Yeah, fucking right, you should accept it. We will blame you anyway. Like <laughs> you saying that you're going to accept it. Doesn't been caught with mind, the murder weapon.
0: He's like, you know what? I hold my hands up to this. So I fully accept blame. <laughs> yeah, that's good of you. This yeah. this run Chelsea are on at the moment is worse than any run Arteta was ever on at Arsenal, which shocked well, me. Well, this is
1: my point. This is it. When they're pointing to, it, well, look what happened with Arteta. And I Arles mean, it's and not people. It's
0: him. He, it's him personally.
1: Yeah, but, I, well, this is the thing. That Arteta won the FA Cup yeah. before this pool. zero run. money. Spent. So like, the, yeah. And you can see this, the caperals are completely different. Like he was under Pep as a prodigy. He comes to us and wins the FA Cup, Thanks to Taylor, but no, that's another, that's another thing. Um, you could see the progress, right? And you could see what he's trying to get at and you knew that he had a, a plan. Hiring someone that got Brighton <laughs> mid so like the top of mid table is not, that doesn't constitute that. Like, we know this is going to turn out okay. That's not. And no signs of so far of him being here have done that either. The last time we won an away game was October 20th, which I was, at, ah. and I was wearing a t-shirt. That's, <laughs> that's It was fucking boiling that day, which goes to show there. Yeah. We scored, I think it's two goals in six oh,
0: games. I've got that for you. So in Chelsea's last six fixtures, they've now scored one goal.
1: Well, one the last
0: time one. Chelsea's attack was this poor, the attacking options were John Spencer, Mark Hughes, Gavin Peacock, Mark Stein and Paul Furlong. They need to score 24 in their last 15 games to ensure this isn't the lowest scoring season in Chelsea's history.
1: Well, I mean, this is awful, right? Because since November 6th, we've scored the fewest amount of goals out of any team in the top <laughs> four leagues. In the same period, Man United scored forty goals. I mean,
0: in the same period, <laughs> scored... you've spent four hundred million on attackers.
1: It, exactly. It's just it's there has to be something wrong with the way that these this team is being coached. It just has well, to be. I
0: saw uh, a graphic, and I think it was one from one of those terrible uh, pages, and it said, you know, Chelsea have only scored one goal with these attacking options. I'm looking at the players like half of these are shit. How are these guys yeah. being held up? You can't put Hakim Ziyech and Aubameyang on a poster for me and say, how are these guys not scoring goals? I can tell you how. They're terrible players. Well, like Ziyech at that World <sighs> Cup. I'm, I'm yeah. convinced Ziyech was in the team here because if I'm in Potter's shoes here, I'm surprised he didn't start Aubameyang. You look and say, this guy has a good record against Tottenham. He looks at the Ziyech goal against Spurs and goes, okay, maybe maybe we've got something yeah. here sterling okay he, also a good record he
1: actually tried it as well he tried that exact same shot that he scored with at stanford bridge last season um just well missed.
0: let's get on to zh because we've spoken about uh var already yeah. just what, now, what there was example the uh potter bring up the arteta
2: thing that does also mean he's like read this on the internet and just like nodded along i thought you know what
0: i'll bring up the arteta comparison at some he point said, this, this yeah. will sort me out well he said he was watching the Amazon documentary, and then was talking with the owners about it pre-game. I'm not sure you're in the best attitude pre-game if you're only going, by the way, if we do lose here, that guy turned it around. You want to have a look at what those owners did. (laughs) Because I'll tell you what, the reason that he wasn't sacked, our owners usually aren't about. The one had come over and... I guess, in line with what Jack says about uh, Potter, and I think you said the same about Arteta at the time, is I can completely understand how if you sat across a table from Mikel Arteta, he could sell you a dream. Whether it was accurate or not, I can completely understand how he could sell you the world. Potter, I'm not sure, is pulling the wool over uh, Todd's eyes too well. The
1: the thing is with this is that Todd Bowley knows he's got himself a bitch ass yes man in that in that dugout. That so you paid like, 12 million for. With, yeah, that and he obviously fell out with Tickle for reasons that he's not going to fall out with Potter for. So maybe he's just thinking, well, I've made that ch- I've made that change now. And the problem with spending all of this money as well, um, this quickly, I never thought I'd be complaining about spending this amount of money. But the the problem he's got now is that if he does sack Potter, then he's got signings in the summer i'm assuming from a new manager as well from three different managers in the space of 12 months so talk about deadwood and trying to root players out which we've been played with for so long we've just caught ourselves with some of the most expensive deadwood in history he's left the wife and kids and he's with this
2: new woman he's
1: like i can't go back now i've got to go with this i hate her but i've still got to go with this the, the wheels have fallen off. He's throwing plates at the wall, but he's got his greatest teeth and barracks. He's, made,
0: he? he's also determined, isn't he, to just keep saying, by the way, I'm not like that other guy. I'm not like yeah. that other guy. And this would be two managers sacked in the space of a season. So, mm. yeah. Also, we've spoken about other managers out there. And even if we don't get into the kind of chucking names out there thing, we know in football that managers kind of get sounded out all the time. And we know that Todd perhaps has his ears to the ground in some of the wrong places. And I have to imagine, if there are kind of insiders talking, there's probably a lot of people going, I'm not sure I'd fancy that. And the the type of managers that would fancy that are the guys that are going to have Jack in the same situation saying, he's not big enough for the job. Because a lot of these big managers that can sit and wait out, and we looked at uh, Pochettino, for example. And I mean, that guy's been sitting out and waiting for the right job for a while. But it does show there is a willingness to do so and how important it is now to get the right job. And I don't know, Zidane, who's waited that patiently, I'm not sure he's going to look at this and go, that could be the one for me when you can see that Carlo might be on the brink any time they lose about two games in a row. You have to wonder who's going to go there. And so maybe it is just better the devil you know and not starting the process again, like you said there, Jack, because as we approach the summer, the managers are probably going to look at some of these players. They're going to have the new manager bounce about them, you would hope. And then he might look at someone like Ziyech and say, you know, I wouldn't mind keeping him for the, for the summer just to see how we do. And I wouldn't mind keeping this guy. And you're adding more players into the mix, by the way. You've got about five signed already.
1: I know. I, I get... The, the, the players that we're signing at the moment are project players and do look decent and they're young. So they're going to be loaned out again for the majority. I mean, I marquee signings will come. But this will bring me on to a lot of lazy punditry that I'm seeing at the moment. Is that, well, we knew this was going to happen with Chelsea because they haven't got a recognised number nine. The problem is this. And it's like, tell me what chances we created in that Tottenham game that a professional, really like world class number nine would have blown Let's away. talk, look.
0: Like, that's not our problem. Let's here. talk about the, the Tottenham game because VAR, this was the example that we all needed to see that the game is being refereed by someone other than the referee. And you can go on ESPN with Athletic and they're going to tell you right now that the process was followed perfectly in all of this. Stuart Atwell sends off Hakim Ziyech for pushing Emerson Royale, the hand ricocheted from his shoulder to his face, and he sends him off before he's even checks it on a monitor. The explanation they give, to paraphrase this, is that the referee has seen a hand connect with a face. He goes to VAR and says, VAR, tell me who it was that did it. VAR comes back and he says, can you tell me categorically the hand touched the face? They say, yes. He says, okay. He smacked him in the face. That's a red card. He sends him off, and then he has to go back to VAR and say, Now can you confirm to me the force was there to justify that being a red card? And then they work in reverse order and VAR has to disprove what it's just proven to the referee as to why this should be overturned. It's that obvious that they can say to him, right, we've just watched it, like they hadn't just watched it three times prior, go to the screen, make a decision. If that makes any sense to you, go right ahead
1: yeah I mean I, I, it makes sense from a really nonsensical point of view as to only what you could come up yeah. with in English football like you you could see in real time that you pushed him in the shoulder and his hand just slipped and hit his face like after just being barged it was just a reaction
0: if you weren't there were you so, to confirm you weren't you mean, at sorry. Tottenham yesterday
1: oh. I was not no <laughs> <though>, thank god <laughs> yeah thank god no i was watching it on the watch on tv just like everyone else but um yeah you could see it in real time and i was worried why they haven't just gone in his ear oh just quickly have a look at this or even just say actually yeah i don't think this is a red card the fact that he's spent about three minutes conferring with his like assistant ref as well about all of it why in, why isn't var getting involved then well because but like in rugby, I know we I mean, hate no, comparisons, no, I think
0: but there's definitely examples that you can take. Is because this isn't working. Yeah, like
1: yeah, they'll they'll say they'll go. Can you give me any reason why this shouldn't be allowed? Can you give me any reason why I shouldn't send this man off? And they ask the question of the the VAR official, the TMO, and they'll come back with, well you can see definite contact with the head it's a high tackle it's a red card stand by your decision and they make the decision because they're more informed and they're not in the emotional side of things running around the pitch and getting flack from all these players they're completely removed from it and they can say factually that is not a red card and they can just just that would streamline the process
0: my theory at the time was that we know they can't book people because of VAR so I thought the way around it was that they had to send him off to then be able to downgrade it to a yellow card which is what I thought they were doing but he seemed almost surprised when they were like why don't you go and check the monitor then and then you go over and how any of the players or the fans can have any faith in you after that because some of these decisions do actually change the momentum in the crowd too and I'm not one to feel sorry for Spurs fans but that fallout could have given Chelsea a much-needed boost, thinking they were down and then being back up. And then the feeling yeah, could have we just were... changed something by something completely unrelated to on-pitch action. And if we were confused, those match-going fans must have been losing their minds. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's...
1: <laughs> if we had a team that was actually capable of scoring one goal,
0: then yeah, that would have been the turning point we needed. Like, could I mean, it's a far less strange situation which feels weird to say but for five minutes after the goal was disallowed in our game the the Leicester crowd was right up for it they were on it they had a couple of moments ultimately it feels it fizzled out but it can do that and and you do see that with VAR that these little things can completely flip a game by just getting the crowd rolled up again when they've been dead previously
1: Yeah. Um, yeah
0: They do get to lose their minds, however, within a minute of the break as Oliver Skip has just smashed one home. Uh, It's a rubbish clearance from Enzo. Felix loses the duel and uh, then just stops, actually, and can't bother to get back in. And uh, you can tell me what you think of the keeper. Yeah, not good enough. I mean, we... Kit cap has been pretty really good this season
1: and I'm impressed with how much he's come on and we don't have the nightmare fuel of Mendy, Mendy <laughs> having the ball at his feet every single time when we do want to play out from the back. But then with that, you make a deal with the devil and know that he's a small keeper and he doesn't have the range. Like he's good at shot stopping, but long range shots are just his kryptonite. I and mean, you'll see it time and time again. And you just can't seem to deal with it. There is a swerve on the ball, he gets a whole hand to it though, so he should, and I think, shouldn't be going I think
0: we've all said before, f- from an optics point, you're better to not touch it at all because as soon as you get that hand to it, we're all going, you oh, got a hand to it, so you've got to be stronger. Well, th- well, the thing is, like you usually say,
1: if it's fingertips, it's not a problem, but it's Chris not in the corner of the net. It's literally, exactly, you create the argument of on rests and that's... That's what he bought himself. It's not, he hasn't covered himself in glory, but I'm not going to jump on his back because he's not You wouldn't be very much higher off the season. ground either. Um, <laughs> no. It is remarkable. Is a, the, uh, keffer does
2: just seem to kind of be relatively absolved by a Chelsea fan. <laughs> I don't know if it's just Mendy is just an awful thing. Well, they just hate the everyone two, else. They don't, they don't, hate don't forget.
0: Mistake.
1: Mate, he was hated. He was absolutely despised by the, pretty much the 100% of our fan base. I think I was... But there's always been this like weird thing North that, Paul well, actually, Lincoln. he is really good. It's
2: just that... And there's always <laughs> something. Like, I think at some point, we've got to no, look at and we, go, we, out, we he's know. just not
0: that good. They look back and he disrespected Sari, and they were
2: like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, that is probably <laughs> See, a good part we, of it, isn't it? <laughs> we hate Sari as well, so what, what, fuck what, it. We, you'll do.
1: What would... What we're trying to do is big him up to the point where people forget we paid <laughs> 70 mil and come back in and buy again for 70 mil and give us the money back. So don't take the limit I will this. never
2: forget that. Uh, f- Kepa's kind going of going to that here. guy Keeper in the, the Apprentice that gets in like three weeks longer than he should on sheer confidence alone. Like, <laughs> no real ability but just confidence <laughs>
0: gets him through the boardroom. Yeah, the, the winner is a pretty simple knockdown from a corner uh, open at the back post. This is one where the desire merchants will be all over it. Um, can't have an Eric Dyer jump on your back. You've know. you got to want it more. We we do now have 007 Mudrick, zero goals, zero assists, seven games. <laughs> but Jack, let's look at Enzo for a second. Take Jorginho out the equation just, just for a second. That This is the replacement. He got blasted by Adeyemi for the Dortmund goal and he's non-existent in these Premier League games and he cost over £100 million. Enzo is being dribbled past three times a game in the Premier League. That's the most of any player in Europe's top five leagues. He's slower than Jorginho.
1: It yeah, it doesn't make him for good reading. Like I said, it doesn't help when we're not, we don't have a stranglehold in any That's game. That's what he's been brought in the to do. Jorginho, No, but the reason, no, he's not. What, what we want is a forward platform for him to be able to oh, float on. around and ping balls in to create chances. That's what Jorginho is getting lauded for now. You you put Jorginho into a team where they've actually got strangleholds on the game and he's got a platform to be able to do his thing, knowing that there's going to be some sort of end product with your front three. He looks no, a completely different player than what he was at Chelsea. Forget he exists whereas at for, all. Whereas for us...
0: Forget he exists at him? all. This is a 120 well, million one player. We're expecting him to control a game.
1: Yeah. No, we're, we're expecting him to control a game when we've built a platform, when we're... Pinging balls to players that it bounces off like a brick wall. And then he's out of position because, well, his job is in midfield. That's why he got his cheek next oh, to him to mock. I think I'm maybe thing. seeing a problem. Is
0: he not the guy that is supposed to build the platform?
1: He's supposed to maintain it. when it Who's supposed build. to build? We haven't <laughs> got, <laughs> no, 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 I, I
0: don't understand because if no, we're the, not bringing him in for his defensive the, 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 the abilities, right, the pla- then we're bringing him right, in for his playmaking the, the, and his controlling of a game.
1: Well, the, the platform that I'm talking about here is the front three that scares defenders to the point where they don't want to rush no. them. They, they will sit in against them. What he's been brought in to do is to pick the right pass for this front three. Now, the problem is when that front three is not holding its position on the pitch, any like lost 50-50 or if they're bundled off the ball, our midfield is completely out of out of position. Now, you could put that down to the skill of the players – but you can, you've, got, you've got to be blaming the tactics on this. If you look at the pass map from the last game where it was almost solely in the left side of the pitch, we had this under Lampard where we'd overload one side of the pitch, leave a gaping hole right in the middle of it, and it got exploited. And that's our Uh-oh. issue here. It's, it, it, we're playing the wrong football for these new signers. Mudrick isn't supposed to be having the ball against the he should be running in behind and having balls in a system that complements these players. And now and that is the wrong issue players. that we have. Well, yeah, you could argue that. Or you could say we're playing the wrong football because he's not getting the best out. They came into this team. Enzo, in his first game, looks lightning. He looks really, really good. Second game, he gets an assist for Jal Felix, who, again, looked impressed on his debut. The last two, three games, they've gone... They look just like everyone else. They look like they've been here from he's the summer. Shit for Ziyech. Yeah. Well, there we go. But you this
0: said is that was the right point. choice. About five minutes ago. It is the right choice because he isn't playing well. I I think it is the right choice. You look at someone like Bruno at Newcastle, he came in, they were shit, and he made an impact immediately. I don't think it's asking too much for a guy with what you'd hope is a similar skill set to be able to come in and do a similar job because I'm not asking him to be Kante and protect the entire back line, but to be dribbled past that frequently tells me your understanding is off or something and if you're paying that price I'm expecting you to be the, the complete package already yeah I mean I
1: genuinely don't think they brought him in mind to do the candy no 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 that's they what I mean that's what I'm mind.
0: saying we're not expecting you to do
1: no that. no no but this the, no, but, no but this is my point they brought him in to do the job of finding the right paths and create some creativity in that midfield but you can only do that if the team is playing well look we're looking at Reese James who used to be one of the best right-backs right in the Premier League. Right now, he's come back from a long-term injury. He came back fine in the circle. He hasn't come back well this time. Same with Chilwell. None of our players look good. It's not just this new signing. They looked good and now they don't. And now the only attributing factor to that is this, the, the management of how they're playing and the tactics of which they're playing wow. in. I can't, I can't stress enough that you put these players in as a serious manager... And you'll
0: see a complete difference. Because we saw it. When I we think came it, in. I think it's nonsense. If you, if you put, you've got three or four international level players in front of him. You've got a back line of Reece James, Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and then one of Baliashile, Koulibaly, whoever. He's got a solid base behind him. He's got willing runners in front of him, and then you've tried what now, Kovacic and Loftus Cheek alongside him. At some point, the problem's you. Again, though... Are oh, the circumstances better these, for him than they were so for Bruno we, coming in at Newcastle? So what you've
1: just said there, what you've just said, we've got great players in front of him and great players behind him. So you're saying that he's the issue. But actually, they're all playing shit. They're all playing terribly. It doesn't matter where they are. None of them are, cost the 120 million. At. I mean, a lot of them did in our team. <laughs> a lot of them, like, or close too. Like, Kai Havertz, it? like, ghost, absolute ghost. Like, but they're not playing in a system that is complementing their playing styles. I don't... I, I mean, I will bash the players all day long because they were right. not good enough and they haven't been for a long time. But they look so poor in this system that it's almost as... If it's, it's a complete regression in them from what we had under Tuchel. I thought we were playing bad football then.
0: But if you're buying a midfielder for that price then you'd expect that the system is there and the playing style has been discussed right. and that right, you've got right. him ready to slot into. Right.
1: Look, okay. Okay, use your view of Jorginho here and like the last couple of games yeah. how good he's been. The difference of being in a team that can score goals and you've got a hope when you go forward that you're not going to just lose the ball and then no. surrender your entire field position because of it. Right, take take that. And then apply that to Enzo. If you swap them around, I reckon Enzo would be doing just as well,
0: not better. I Is- said to TK on Saturday that there was a couple of times in the game where we, we were being not caught in transition, but the transition was on and you could see the deficiencies of Jorginho. Now, we bought Jorginho. We were comfortable buying him and putting him into this system because we say the style of what we play means we can cover up for those issues and we can negate them. So you would think if you're spending that money on a player, because this was 10 million, if you're spending over 10 times that on a player then you know the way you want to use him you know the system he's coming into and you have something there to get the best from him and so either it's a fault of the ownership it's a fault of the manager or it's a fault of the players around him or the player isn't performing and doing what he was asked to come in and do whether yeah. it's a combination uh, of all four see,
1: i i don't think it's i don't think this falls on enzo i genuinely don't i think you could probably attribute it to the, the three things prior to that: poor buying, poor tactician from the manager, and the players aren't playing well. The problem is when you're in that, when you're tasked with creating chances, that's what you're judged by. And in this team, when you haven't got players that are able to put it in the back of the net properly, if you look at the chances he created against West Ham, one for Havertz that was offside that he scored, one for Joe Felix where he put it in the back of the net, that's what he's in the team to do to break down these doors. Now. What we aren't having at the moment is consistent build-up of pressure. We're buying players to beat a low block, essentially, where we have all of the ball and we want to beat a team that's sitting in against us. But right now, we're getting killed in the transitions. We're getting killed just in overall play, in possession. So they're not able to function in the way that we thought they were going to because we're not playing the right football to give them that platform to then go and succeed. What we're doing is chucking them in where we're getting battered like at, ho- at home against teams like Southampton and expecting them to do all of the fancy work and be the icing on the top of the cake. But then they're getting cooked because the whole team is playing so poorly with poor tactics that they don't have the ability to go and do so. That's what I'm trying to get across here. I don't know. No, I get what you're saying. I think we way. should
0: be expecting more than just chance creation against West Ham for 120 million. Or you should be not we, playing in the I, midfield no. too and you should be having extra protection around him so the guy can move freely.
1: Uh, like yes, to all of that. Like he's he's playing in a midfield three because we're playing four three three at the moment, or like two holders and then someone that drops back. But he's going like ultra attacking with his lineups, which I like. But he's still not coaching us into any kind of transcreation. We look completely toothless, and we—I mean—the the stats speak for themselves. Well. One goal in six games. That's not just down to the team when if you rewind to the start of last season, we were scoring goals for fun with pretty much the same team.
0: Maybe these are some things that you can't break down in the same way, but you look at that Southampton team and you've got James Ward-Prowse and an 18-year-old in uh, Lavia alongside him. And if you had to judge who the 100-plus million player was, then it sounds like Lavia would be the one that you would look at instead of Enzo. I don't think it's too much to expect Mm. when you're being matched up two against two in midfield you're supposed to be the guy cooking there, and
1: no, I get it. I look, I can completely see where you're coming from. I just think the, the problem here is a bit much, much bigger than Enzo Fernandez. Like I said, he came into the team, he looks brilliant, and now he doesn't. There's not, and it's the same for all of the new signings. so that can't just be on him. And I mean, to put it this way, right? If we didn't have the 10 points that we won under Tuckle from August to September. We'd be drawing back to the league. <laughs> how, like, how that that is scary, right? That that's people are thinking. Oh well, we spent four hundred million. minutes. It's I mean, that's out. how I logically. It, it, yes. Yeah, it yeah. That that that's exactly <laughs> how it should go, and the, the fault of it not going exactly how it should go lies straight at the feet of that fucking <laughs> bastard in the dugout, that meek. H <laughs> prick. I just can't
0: got there deal with this
1: cunt anymore yeah. in my life. But that's where it that's where the blame lies because he's coached us to bottom. It's like a weird week. thing on Sky at uh, the that, weekend that. as
2: well. That was basically just that I know Tyler said, Well, he's got a coach for your players in training, that can't be easy. And everyone just kind of kept going that he needs time. Was like, he's had a bit of time now, and the signs the writing is clearly on the wall here. I was like, how much time. Can this guy get like the
1: well, when it happened, relegation form right. for
2: Chelsea? Is not going to keep you in the job.
1: Well, look, we've 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 got two wins in sixteen games. Right, you know when we go back to the Oli period at Man United, where people were screaming for him to go, then he'd put out a big result because he knew he could do it. against Man City or in the Champions League, that would save his job inverted commas right, and he'd be okay. He'd go and draw a few, might be he always still get out here? Yeah, he right exactly right. <laughs> Whereas here. We look there is no so digging out inert. result. Here. Like I'm going, I'm going into games knowing that we're losing every single time that I yeah. go and watch us. I'm, I'm going into games knowing that we might not even score, like at home. Tottenham, and I, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about the result. If I saw we were playing well and scoring goals and we were just leaking them in because we're adapting to this new way of playing, that's a whole different conundrum. He's been here since October and he has won two games. Since Zagreb at home. If I'm not mistaken,
0: this thing with there being a lot of players at Chelsea isn't a new thing. I seem to recall it happening, perhaps Jose Part 2, or maybe it was under Conte. And he eventually just he yeah, he effectively just said to about 10 players, you're in the reserves, find yourself another club.
1: Yeah, and this is it, right? That, that's, we had the Lone Army, didn't we? Where you'd get like 50 players come back in the summer and they'd just have to... You'd watch a whole pre-season of them playing and none of them play in the Premier League because they would all have been shipped out. Like, get fucking ruthless with it. Look at Ten Hag, right? And it's... He's gone and fallen out with Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not in his plans. He's booted him out of the club. See you later and he have got him on a wow. trophy. Like, don't tell me that you need a, three, four years for a process when Ten Hag has come in and turned an absolute shit show around at Man United and then won them a trophy. I think it if it,
0: if the, the ZH thing, for example, happened under one of your previous managers, be it Conte, Jose, whatever, then I think they would just be playing with the 21s until it came back around to the summer and then, uh, and then they were being let go. Although this one's a bit more tricky in that it, it was quite literally Chelsea's fault as to why he didn't get the move. So maybe they, they feel a bit of uh, responsibility. Maybe this- something's clicked for him and he's showing something in training. But Because the answer isn't necessarily he needs to go in there with a cane and he needs to be this proper horrible man. Because I don't think football management necessarily works like that entirely. But he has to do something differently. And the thing with Chelsea that a lot of these players have seen before is if we play up for long enough, then they'll sack this guy and we'll get someone in that we prefer. Now, when that starts to not happen, you've got two options in, okay, we need to rally together and we start playing for this guy, or we get worse and we make this now inescapable. They have to get rid of this man. But if everything we said about Oli and how the players were there would it not be in the player's best interest in to have this guy stick around? If it's such an easy ride, surely it would go that way around rather than get rid of him.
1: Yeah, I genuinely just think he's not up to it. I genuinely just don't think he has the tactical awareness to compete at the high levels. Like He did a really good job at Brighton, but I've said this plenty of times before. When you've got a whole team of players that are looking for their next move and they're super motivated because they want to move to the bigger clubs, then it's probably going to be easier to motivate them. He doesn't seem to have the ability to motivate players where they're at that big club. You see it in his presses, you can see it the way he holds himself in the club media. You could just see that it's almost like he's not supposed to be there. And that quite quickly transcends into the into the players and they're like, well, they're, we're going into this with no belief because you don't even believe what you're well, saying. Well, just That's
0: really nice. while we're a little unsure as to where you stand, um, is it <laughs> fair to say that if you're going to sack Potter, then it has to be before Dortmund? Because if not, what is the point? 100- yeah.
1: yeah, 100%. One million percent. He should be gone. He should have been gone yesterday.
0: We, we know, well, which we know this is, is the only the
1: way. way- yeah, of course. I mean, we knew it wasn't going to happen anyway. Which is really weird. as a Chelsea fan to see and be like, "Why do I have to sit through this?" Where's Roman when you need him? But genuinely, there's no point in sacking him after Dortmund. You might as well just write out to the end of the season if he doesn't get as fucking relegated. That is, which the this form that's not out of the question. <laughs> like, if we didn't win, a, if we didn't win a game, for, to be fair, I've worked it out, If we didn't win a game from now to the end of the season, we'll finish on. 42 points would just about make it
0: safe. <laughs> I um, thought he was gone so post game like, yesterday. I thought losing to Spurs I, would be too much.
1: I don't understand how he's not gone. Like they're going to we're gonna get knocked I, out. I'm Golems
0: not sure there. I I think <laughs> I think something might happen. And I can see you being slowly uh, annoyed Luke, about it.
1: Luke, we've Luke, we've won two games in sixteen. We haven't we've scored one goal in six. What is telling you here? What intuition have you I got? Wouldn't mind hearing that we're that going to put that again, to, to be honest. <laughs> And that, yeah, that yeah, they were one nil down, which were already one nil down. In what is giving you the spidey sense here that we're going to pull something bad. out? Of bag?
0: Just <laughs> just just a feeling. And, anyone you know, who's ever placed, you can't get
2: wrong. Anyone who's ever placed an accumulator with Dortmund in it is go well. If they, anyone can fuck it, they can.
0: Well, last thing then on on the football. Jack's mentioned it already. Manchester United won the Carabao Cup, running out 2-0 victors over Newcastle United. Newcastle had the majority of the ball through the match, but never really created many clear-cut opportunities. Uh, United's midfield and defence dug in, and they won their first trophy under Ten Hag. First thing here, Newcastle are blunt up top. We spoke a while back and asked what would happen when teams started treating Newcastle like a big team. We're starting to see it.
2: Yeah, probably. Fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think like this final came it completely the wrong time for Newcastle and completely the right time yeah. Yeah, for absolutely. Man United. It's, it's just, I think that if this plays... played a month prior or three four even three or four weeks prior, then it's a completely different game to what it was. Um that you're just seeing a team go off the ball and this a team on the boil <coughs> play each other and that's what happened But you're right. The matchup is so funny to see like all of the Newcastle fans are like, oh, we're storming it now and then when they get treated with the low block that, oh right, hang on a minute, we should be low blocking this team. Like Crystal Palace will go away to St James's and low block them now. And they don't quite know how to
0: get through it because they've never, never had to deal I with wanted, it. Before. I wanted Newcastle to win, of course. But uh, the thing that was irritating the hell of, some of like, is Jack about to end it all? Sounds like he's loading <laughs> the <laughs> <Those> <laughs> just, <laughs> just A bit like of drama thought. for the pause. <laughs> In the press conference when Ten Hag said, you know, they're an annoying team to play against, they they barely have the ball in play. They go down. They time waste. And all these Newcastle accounts, including their journalists, were like, hey, look, we're in his head. So we've proper wound him up. Little old Newcastle have got a uh, big old Man United worried. And it's like, they're not worried. It's like someone saying, you're a prick. And then I'm going, hey, look at that, see? Worried about us. Worried about me. I'm in his head completely. <laughs> they do do it. They did it against Arsenal. They did it against United. They did against Liverpool. The only reason it backfired against Liverpool was that the referee was bold enough to add, what, 11 minutes on to the end of the game. Yeah, they've bought us all, boys. And eventually, yeah, it comes back to haunt them. Wilson was terrible. Um, Isaac, not much better. And in these games, they needed those to deliver in the way that you knew Rashford was going to. There's there's so much to say about the United Central Defensive Partnership, and we'll, we'll get on to them for sure. You need to use Lissandro's aggression against him. And so many don't. And it's so annoying to watch. You, you know when Hasbulla first went viral and every clip was just of people <laughs> punching him and we'd all go, why does no one react? And this is what happens with Lissandro defending. He's so aggressive and people just allow it. You, just- need to, you need to bully him back. Big man like Halla Wilson. Should be able to work it back. I, uh, I don't know. Maybe refs are seeing it, like if the older brother hits the younger brother back too hard, then you can't get away with it. But it's it's so annoying to watch these teams just play to his strengths. He'd already said this week Gabriel Jesus was his toughest opposition because he just went at him. Mm. Good player, but supposed uh, butcher. Gets away with so many of these little snide things that officials will pick up on sooner or later. R- Romero got two years out of it, so twenty twenty five. I'll be honest, saying I told you so. I can't see another one of these compilations post game about another dominant display by the butcher. <laughs> and it's him. It's, it's, it's him fouling three people, playing two long balls, and fist pumping. <laughs> I t- I have, although I have so many United fans message me saying, why, why are you such a hater? Why, why do you, you hate, hate him so much? You. I don't like false hype. And any one of these I say, and they say, he's one of the best centre-backs in the league. And I say, well, he wouldn't start for Arsenal. And they send me like laughing emojis like I'm having them on. And that makes it worse because he's not better than Zinchenko at left-back. He's not better than Gabriel at centre-back. He's not better than Saliba, at centre-back. I don't understand what people are seeing. I'm looking on my phone and I'm seeing people calling him a generational talent because he's changing the game and showing what a small centre-back can do. I cannot cope. And then you look at what he was up against. Callum Wilson couldn't make his first touch first touch stick. Almiron playing like he caught a look in the mirror and remembered he is not that guy. St. Maximin cooking again. No end product. That little flip-flap he did in the first half was unreal, oh, actually. It's... Newcastle had no hope. As soon as you realised Bruno was ill, a couple of players carrying knocks, injured. I mean, we're doing this thing for Carius now where we're claiming he had a fantastic game. Just don't want to hurt his feelings too much. <laughs> <laughs> Been through an hour. Cass- difference- did, did, was- did you see that Carius's girlfriend did like that? that letter she published that letter yeah, do, do you clock who she is by the way no do you remember that there was the thing about two years ago of that fit italian journalist that would always be on uh, like sports italia or whatever yeah it's her <laughs> is it yeah. that's it that's his girlfriend yeah that's his missus is that actually i didn't know uh, yeah oh right yeah. otter yeah okay i just saw she posted it i
2: was like does he need a public letter like before so, he goes into this game, does he need that? It
0: started, the athletic, the athletic contacted all the players' families to ask them how they feel ahead of the big day. It was like the smallest club thing ever, by the way. We understand you've not been to a cup final for so long, but try and act like you deserve to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and this, yeah, we we spoke in last week and said, look, the worst thing you can do here is remind this guy this is a big game, by the way. <laughs> And it seemed like everyone was determined to say, no pressure, but this game is like the biggest of any of our (laughs) lifetimes. Yeah. yeah. My hopes and dreams just rely on you, but no pressure, carry on. Yeah, and I mean, Casemiro, great defensively, pretty poor offensively, which sounds mad when he scored, but less than 60% pass accuracy, no passes that broke the lines, no long balls connected. You're being a hater. Even then, you No, you never felt like he was out of control. And they did what they had to do. They turned up to a final. It's about result, not performance. Newcastle played bad. United did what they had to do to get the job done. I've never seen such a fuss about the League Cup, by the way. I wouldn't have been so upset about us losing to Man City. (laughs) (laughs) I thought
2: Newcastle started, right? I thought it was quite an open start. Um, But I will say I did feel they had to take advantage of that. They had a couple of chances. Obviously, the St. Maximum one, which he fashions himself, but they, ha- I did feel they had to get that goal, get the f- get the first one. I did feel once United got the first goal, it was kind of not quite as extreme as Jack said about Chelsea, whereby once they can see that first goal, you've got no hope. <laughs> but it is a little bit like, oh, are Newcastle going to get you know, a goal or two here? I don't know now that United have got something.
0: I thought United at 6-5 were cash money. And uh, I mean, even more beautiful that they overturned the goal to give it back to Rashford, by the way. I don't know which uh, favours he called in to make that happened, but worked for me. Casemiro had me like uh, Lissandro here, and you're going to call me a hater again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there was a point in the game, and I, I still don't feel like he was worth the money, but good, good for now. Neville just wrote off the rest of his contract after six months. He he said, look, they said expensive, long contract, but look at the guy out there. Look at what he's doing. We're six months into like a five-year deal on 300 plus grand a week. Trust me, boys, a Brazilian midfielder can age overnight. I promise you. <laughs> what? He wins a tackle and they say, and people say he wasn't worth the money. And. They said he wasn't worth 70 million when we were told they were rebuilding. We weren't (laughs) told they were going to drop another 250 million after losing to Brentford. And they did this the whole Barca game, which was a great win. And they were doing it again now. Whenever Thumbelina wins a tackle or a header, they say, and they said he was too small for the league. Yeah, everyone did. And you'll still see those deficiencies at times. And he'd still give you a nightmare if you were playing five-a-side with head-height rules. But not everything has to be so extreme with these guys. It's not they're either a flop or they're the best player in the world. Sometimes they're a decent player in the league. I I think that, I think the United
1: are really benefiting from the fact that apart from City and Arsenal, there's no other really standout good teams in Zeke. Every team can win, every team can lose this season. Chelsea can't win, obviously, (laughs) but other teams can. And they're benefiting from Wiping the floor with really mediocre not even sides. the floor, them,
0: but I do think they are closer to us than they are the teams in behind them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. They're sat in the sweet spot where they're not. They might not compete with your Arsenal, and Man City this season, but they're definitely better than everyone else. So, because everyone else is poor, and it's not because they're particularly they're playing like a
0: team that have their shit together, basically. The,
1: yeah, exactly, and everyone else doesn't. And that's and
2: I do think. You've got to attribute a decent bit of that to Casemiro, just because. Absolutely. When you watch these United games, there's a level of control in there that they didn't have before, and a lot of teams don't have, as Jack's just touched on there. And they do, whether, even if it's not always the flashiest game, and that's probably solely down to him. Because you look at some of the other players around him, you know, it's not because Bruno or Fred are getting a hold of the game. It's really going to be him.
0: That's that's the point I was making about his offensive output. That even with that, he was still able to control a game without controlling a game. And he made that work and he was against a midfield in Joe Linton and Bruno and Sean Longstaff that has troubled many a midfield this season. And in the second half he was doing that job on his own. I thought Ten Hag's in-game management was sensible on this occasion. wan proved again that dallow is not this otherworldly player by comparison. He took off a midfielder that was asking to be sent. And it was just a poor quality game, as I say, where one side looked like they'd been there before and the other didn't. I'm not just criticising the United players. I'd have a look at Trippier and be like, this is the guy. This is the guy you're telling me he's the best in the league. I thought he should have been ashamed of himself. i tell you what, The
2: one in the second half, though, he's, he had the ball pinged out to him. He's chested it down and put it through. I think it's Dallo's legs. And yeah. he doesn't get a free kick. I thought he earned it just for the touch and the, uh, the naughtiness of putting it through his legs.
0: But there's one where he tries to, he, he takes the ball on the edge of the area and he tries to play it down the line for, I guess it would have been Almiron on that occasion, who misreads it and goes inside. And he's stropping his arms about. It. And you're the captain. You're trying to get back in the game. You're at Wembley. Maybe they were just all off it yesterday, but a lot of these players have shown what we thought before that the strength there is in the collective more than it is in the individual talents that they've brought in. And I thought they kind of looked what you would get if you looked at all these players individually and then had to rate the team. Dan Byrne, are we all all going to stop pretending this bloke's good? The bloke's six for eight playing left-back. What the hell are we expecting? (laughs) Yeah. Funny bloke, I'm sure, but... Jesus, you've got Matt Target on the bench. I refuse to believe he can't do a better job. We're saying that Dan Byrne does a good job in most games because he sits on the edge of the box the entire game and has Joel Linton and, and Botman covering up for him. It's horrible.
2: Yeah, but they've probably regressed to the mean a little bit, haven't they? They've probably been a little bit better than some of these players have outperformed themselves a little bit and they're sort of regressing back where if we're saying that some of the Chelsea players aren't playing where they're supposed to be at, these lot have outperformed where they're supposed to be. So Because unfortunately,
0: it coincided with a cup final. I was in a decent mood and I started thinking about Leitcher again. <laughs> All of a sudden. Respect that man. He gets away with a kick on the deck yesterday on Wilson and everyone just looks at him like, well, you know, just leave him be.
2: When I saw Wilson on the deck, I had no doubt that Martinez was walking <laughs> over to him. And you're going to shout at him. I knew for, as I said, so you am are too You're not getting back into it. Wilson should have dropped the headbutt. On yeah. It, just for the, there's a clip. There's a make clip from you. the Barca
0: game. There's a clip from the Barca game where everyone's rearing up and he's doing the, you know, let me at him, let me at him thing. And he's just whimpering behind everyone else. <laughs> shimmying like a video game character. I can't, because the first person that reacts to him is going to get sent off because the optics of it are going to look so bad. Imagine Dan Burnage giving him a shove or something. Nick Blunk's going to go flying. <laughs> and then they're going to go, oh, yeah, come on. Pick on someone your own size. Which admittedly I used to do that to Wilshire. <laughs> Horrible. But uh, stepping stone for United or one they should save in now? Oh, I'd love to say
2: that it's, this, this is going to be their only one. Yeah. Uh, Ten Hag, he's got the mightest touch at the minute. They are right to say that he gets the subs right at the minute. He's Each decision he seems to make is going right. Uh, he looks more confident, even in the way he carries himself. So he looks like he might be building something there at United, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't need to see that dance think, in post-game. I think... Yeah. Was- I, th- I think that, yeah, he
1: definitely has brought... Something new to United they haven't had for ages, but we can't get away from the fact that to win this trophy they've oh, beaten don't. I, Forest, <laughs> Charlton, Newcastle, and someone else. Is it Wolves? I can't remember, but they haven't beaten anyone good to win this trophy. Which is look, that's nope. what the ask a Liverpool fan their
0: route to the but- final last year and they were reel it off for you. What was it? The top two from the year before the finalist from the year before and something like that. Liverpool fans were reeling it off. No problem. No,
2: no, that's, that's all final. we did was win, win, win. What all we do now is, I don't know, sometimes win.
0: Oh, It was a great thing when you <laughs> could beat Chelsea and say, you know, we just beat in the European champions. No, you're beating Graham Potter's <laughs> Chelsea. It's doesn't have the same <laughs> ring. It definitely doesn't. Um, oh yeah, Last on Carrius. Was he as bad as uh, we thought he would be? Was he as good as some made him out to be? I, I don't know. It feels like to me, like the second goal,
2: I think a lot of keepers would let that in, but maybe a top keeper might stop it. I don't think it's like a horrible <laughs> error, but because we know Carriers, it feels like he's under the microscope a bit more. A deflection that close feels like, I don't know. I
1: find it. I find it crazy that I've never ever seen before someone's career be completely written off because of one game. Yeah. The, how bad that game was is obviously a testament to to what's happened. But he was seen as like a bright <laughs> up and coming goalkeeper. But to make Klopp turn your back on you after a game, you must have been so bad. It's just I don't think I've don't ever seen ever it. you ever forget
0: the applause the Liverpool fans gave him when he came back on. His first game after that.
2: Don't ever forget that. (laughs) Don't you ever forget it. (laughs) The the only thing I will say for him with that, obviously he goes on that loan to Besiktas, doesn't he? I do think after, I think it's incumbent upon you to, you've got to go somewhere where you're definitely going to play. You can't be in a spot where basically I'm not going to have a game really from this massive game until this cup final for Newcastle. I do think it's probably on you to make better career choices at some point. To as get to get an answer back, otherwise your your career will fall away. Um but as Jack said, I will say I've never seen one game have such a catastrophic effect on someone.
0: Yeah, but the last thing I down, I just meant to say, Jack. I I meant to sneak in earlier that Twitter was calling him Bozo Fernandez, and I felt like I missed my moment. But I do just want it to be in the episode, so I can maybe put it in the title. <laughs>
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks. Um, <laughs> do you feel good? You feel good? was like just
0: superb right work for whoever tweeted it originally. Is just phenomenal. Uh, I mean, the, the tweet as well about Christian Eriksen left Spurs, died, came back to life, played for United for eight, uh, played for two clubs, then came back to United for eight months, and he's won a trophy before Harry Kane. So, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy died was a nice touch um, for, for the for the tweet not so much for and me, he's personally. alive so it's fine it's a happy ending <laughs> exactly Um alright we've got Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and UFC 285 so if Jack wants to stay for that he's more than welcome if not he's more than welcome to bounce and maybe watch Match of a Day from Saturday yeah
1: no I'm having a football detox <laughs> like I have been for the last six weeks
0: see you, boys what a disgrace all right jake paul won't make too many excuses after suffering his first boxing loss but says he knows he can do better dropped a split decision to tommy fury on sunday night the event took place at the diria arena in saudi arabia he says he thought he was on the wrong end of the judges' scorecards, but he accepts the loss. He says, good fight, good war. Tough kid. I didn't have my best performance. Fair play to Tommy. He won fair and square, and that's just boxing. You've got to take it on the chin. There was some good moments in there. I just really couldn't get my game plan working. But hey, man, this is what the sport's all about. You win some in glorious fashion, and you lose some. Like I said out there, judge me by my losses, because I'll be back. Nearly mounted a comeback in round eight, but it was only enough to award him the fight on one of the judges' scorecards. He says Fury was just really well prepared and I think it was more so a reflection of my own performance versus him being super outstanding. I couldn't get my momentum going like I wanted to and I just felt flat. He was exactly the fighter I expected him to be. I think his combinations were the thing that were a bit more impressive but it was a reflection of my own performance and me just not fighting the way I know I can. Is that how you took it, having watched a fight? Well, he didn't fight
2: like we've seen him fight, but I think he didn't because he was facing something different with Fury. Um, Do you think the jab went nice from Fury? And and it looked like he didn't really know how to work his way in from it, didn't he? Um, And I think that seemed to be the problem. And that's what made him look a little bit more novicey. so yeah. uh, you know, instead of I'm sure he couldn't get his own game plan going, but I don't think I think that was probably because of what the other
0: guy was doing. I mean, not to be too simplistic, but what do you think the game plan was? Because it did seem like kind of just assumed Tommy was going to be there to be hit. So I know a big thing that he said in the build up was that. Tommy hasn't had as much time in ring as him and so he hasn't had the time to develop his defense and I think he took a lot from that Anthony Taylor fight.
2: Yeah, I think he probably thought Tommy was going to be more vulnerable than he was. Um, I think we all did. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's an odd one from Jake's point of view because we said last week he must have seen something in this guy yeah. to make him think, right, I'm not going to go just straight into a, a Nate Diaz fight or whatever, which you know, I couldn't help but think watching that, I was thinking you could have parlayed a couple more paydays in before yeah. you got this, to be honest. Um, but look, I mean he can still get a payday wherever he goes, can't he? So it doesn't really matter, I guess. Um Yeah, I did also think as well. One of the big things was cutting the ring off to get to Tommy. And of course he's being coached by BJ Flores, who famously against Bellyou had to ask his corner how do I cut the ring off? So bit of a problem there.
0: I thought he was quite poor. Now, obviously, there is a relationship there. I don't, for one second, think this he's kind of he's a grifter here and he's doing all this stuff. But I thought when you know that I'm sure his chief source of income is probably being Jake Paul's trainer. Hmm. And so if you lose, you do still want to make sure you're Jake Paul's trainer in the next one. And there were certain things like I think the second round when it was over in the corner and he was like, you, you took that. You took that. Yes, yeah, um, he did. Whether it was a thing with how he knows Jake is and you don't want to panic him and do that or if it was a thing of genuinely thought that or if it was a thing of just, you know, keep him happy because we've seen that with fighters before. Hmm. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of questionable things there because a lot of people are going to hate on Jake Paul after the fact for saying he thought he won. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, particularly when there's a rematch clause, no one wants to see you come out and say, you know, I lost that pretty handily. No, you've got to start selling the fight from the second, the previous fight. And you've got to sell it to yourself. You can't go,
2: well, I was
0: outclassed here. What can I do? There was a moment and I was worried anyway, and I wasn't until this weekend. And I kind of assumed that would be the case. (laughs) Um, I'm a Jake Paul fan, but I'm more of a Fury hater. And <laughs> I've only really just clicked how negative I was in the last 20 minutes Get or so. Yeah, that was <laughs> a I'm a Jake
2: yeah. Paul fan, but a Fury hater.
0: I, I, I didn't intend to be so negative with United, and then it kind of just came flowing out of me. It's going to be quite certain um, we have a lot of United fans tuning in, thinking, right, they're going to give us the
2: flowers for winning the <laughs> Just really yeah. slagged
0: again. Um, they were showing the highlights from the Anthony Taylor fight, which is one that I personally took quite a lot from at the time. In that, okay, this guy I can't get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And then I see what Jake Paul is doing to these RMA guys. It was a pretty easy one to put two and two together. And it only really clicked in my head so much how small Anthony Taylor was when I watched it back at the time. And Tommy was a lot more aggressive in the replay than I remembered him being. And so. It wasn't so much that he was being awkward in he was trying to figure him out, he just wasn't landing. And I thought, okay, Jake probably doesn't move the same way this guy who's like a foot smaller than him does. And so, if Tommy is going to be that active, then that could cause some problems. Now, sounds very good after the facts. I did put it in a group chat earlier, but you have no proof of that. And that was the case. I thought. The main thing that Fury had right was his activity. He threw uh, 18 more punches around, landed just over double in most of the rounds. And there was a lot of moments where Jake would kind of get him onto the ropes and they'd have a second of just kind of looking at each other and working each other out. And to credit Fury, every single time he went first, I thought he knew how to look better in front of the judges. I thought he knew uh, how to win rounds, as silly as that sounds. Yeah. And just a lot of these smaller things in that when you see the stuff pre-fight and you hear that, you know, growing up with fighting, doing this, those are the things that maybe subconsciously you would just do because I couldn't fault his work rate or his activity the whole way through. I think you do judge this fight very differently if I'm trying to think of the right the right way to say it because um I mean, as as you pointed out this this one didn't go to plan and leaves me in a rough spot. <laughs> I can't talk down on the win as much as I'd like to and I can't criticize much of the talk as it would have been the same the other way around a lot of my issue is that when Fury has said as much as he has, he put himself in a spot where a split decision wasn't really enough, in the same way that I wasn't sure it would be for Jake. But when you position it as YouTuber versus boxer, then you kind of have to show your levels above the YouTuber. I thought these ended up being two similarly matched guys, and the one had a bit more schooling. Mm. Um, Little things, like I say, being first, just the right posturing...
2: And it did the prettier work as well, didn't he? Let's face it.
0: Yeah. And no, I mean, I definitely have a fault, and you can decide whether it's a fault. Um, maybe not for the sake of the podcast, but I have a knack for picking a side and I stick to it. <laughs> and I pick the side so strongly that I become very tribal <laughs> and I go all in for my guy or team. Unfortunately, for me, it backfires more times than it <laughs> succeeds. But the times it succeeds does make it worse. Yeah. yeah. The, the ones I'm trying to think of aren't really there. I think I'm going back to so like Gagey Tony Ferguson. <laughs> um, like Wilder on Fury, I mean, Eubank on Smith recently, Billy Joe Saunders is probably a better example, Kovalev on Ward. Oh, <laughs> what a day. So on, so on, so on. Um, I don't know, it was rough because if I'd approached it differently as much as Jake had approached it differently, I could be having more of a field day here, but it, it felt it felt like a loss fortunately for me uh, Boach messaged me to downgrade the bet before we before the fight kicked off oh no he bought it he said let's put it to a tenner instead of twenty <laughs> so uh, just save me there just a thirty quid going out for you is it yeah but um, bet three six, I mean, bet three six five actually paid me twice for Rashford what the hell and I've gone on the live chat and told them, because they paid me. I cashed it quick because I knew that it wasn't really a Rashford goal. Then I put a tenner on to bet on the Jake Paul fight and they sneakily, then they put me on minus and it was like, hang on a minute. (laughs) Don't don't try and hoodwink me like this. Went on the live chat, (coughs) couldn't get through. And then the goal was reset. So they're resetting my account to zero. And I why not? hang on a minute, you owe me a tenner still. They didn't just give me the tenner, they gave me the winnings back again. Oh. I went on this morning like, you're taking the piss here because I don't want to be on this live chat for the 15th time in the last two days. Just take your money back because I can't be dealing with banking it and then coming back on <laughs> and you having my account on minus. And they just kept saying, well, no, unless the goal changes – then nothing will change. And I was going. no, you've paid me already. Very honest of you. Take the money. And the guy was not grasping it. And I said, put it in writing now that you do not want this money back. So the next person, when my account goes to minus and I come on here, (laughs) I can say, look, this guy said it. And he said, well, we wouldn't ask for it back unless the goal changes. And I said, no, you're not <laughs> grasping it. And he—he deserves his money taken. Take I'm not grafting. He deserves have his money taken. So yeah, at some point they're going to try and claim it back from me. I'm—I'm I'm convinced they haven't to this point, but it did mean that it wasn't as bad paying it out. Okay, they've still not—they still not done it yet. Back to the fight. <coughs> Choking on my words. I think it comes down to how you scored those rounds five and six with the docked points. Um, I had them both as even rounds, but if you scored one a 9-9 nine, nine, and the other a 10-8 to Jake, then I can maybe see how you can win on your card. I had Fury winning by one point. When I heard the split, I was hoping for the best, fearing the worst. The worst came true. Is this a fight like, say... Catterall vs. Taylor, where we said that one guy missed his chance to win. Like, Can Jake make enough changes to win a rematch if you bear in mind he was injured and sick? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, sure. The um,
2: I would say, obviously going against him, I think Tommy would have gone in with a fair amount of unknown. I think his reaction afterwards kind of indicated that. I think there's a lot of relief there. So yeah. now I do think he might be a bit more aggressive. That might look that might give some opportunities for Jake, but it also might be bad for him. I thought it was a worrying sign. You probably felt the same that when Tommy went after him in that first round, immediately he thought, oh, hang on a minute. We've got something here. Yeah. Um and I wonder if now that he's got through it, he'll be a bit more confident and he'll take it to him early on. And he'll want to underline it. As you said, a split decision over Jake call doesn't quite indicate. Um, that you are these levels above that you think I think he showed he was better than him but not as much as he thinks he is not the levels that he thinks he is above him so he'll want to do that and that'll give Jake some opportunities the I also think he landed two really good left hooks he was focused on that big right hand obviously what he lands which that threat is always going to be there but that left hook there a couple of, there was one I thought really buckled Tommy's legs yeah um, he buckled him with a jab at one point yeah and I just thought if you look at you look at your game plan a little bit more and bring that into the equation a little bit more, let's face it, it's because of their skill level. It got messy at times. There's obviously a lot of clinching. The ref didn't do a good job of dealing with it. No, but there's going to be a lot of work off the clinch that you can do. Um, and Tommy seems better in, in that as well. That's where the a little bit more experience maybe told for him. Um, Caught him once, didn't he? Really, yeah. His lesson really naive from Jake, but yeah, he did. He did learn. He didn't get it again, did he? So yeah, he, he learned in the fight. The um. So, yeah, there are ways that he can do it. It might not be the prettiest method of victory for him, um, but if he can accept that Look, I may not be as skillful as this guy, but I'm the puncher in here because, let's face it, Tommy landed some good shots on him. and didn't really hurt Jake, which is a little bit of concerning yeah.
0: for Tommy Fury moving forward. Um, he winds that right hand up from like a week prior because he, he cocks it twice on the way through when he's really nailing up, and it's why it never connects because you can get out of the way every time. yeah. I do think with Tommy,
2: is it it's a weird one where he's got he's got the combinations. It can be quite quick, but then I wonder if he's just too muscle bound. The Because it can become quite robotic. I do think if he's serious about having a career, then maybe putting down the weights a little bit and becoming a little bit more fluid might help him.
0: There were some things where, and my frustration, and really the thing that has always just pushed me in Jake Paul's direction is the argument that this is what's wrong with boxing when there's so many more <sighs> a lot bigger more things scene, yeah. wrong with boxing and that was always been my issue i think if you're trying to say this guy isn't a boxer i think he's proven that he is more than that and i do stand by that i think even things like uh in the last round where for the most part he's maintaining his form he's backing up and his hands coming up to his chin and just the little things like that that you're not seeing from these YouTube guys, even if they are a couple of fights in, I think he's going to be okay in the fact that, like Brooke Khan, in a, in a in a way, which is strange to say, <laughs> but he can lose to Tommy again. He can lose to someone else again. And the KSI fight is still there. The KSI fight is not going to be on his terms in the way that they were prior but that KSI fight is still going to be there. Yeah. And having seen the two of them, KSI might be bigger than Tommy Fury, but I do think he is someone that looks like a YouTuber boxer. Yeah. He still swings punches from his hip. He, he still doesn't put his hands up properly. No, he and just fighting fighting them, guys, he's fighting guys.
2: I'm not even sure he's bigger, him. is
0: he? Yeah, okay, maybe he just looks it. Yeah, I'm not even sure if he is. I'm not even sure he's got that on his side. It's But the things that are like you know I'm going to fight a boxer before Jake Paul and it's like the 127th Moldovan Mm. light heavyweight those little things and I see the opponents the two in one night and one of them is three feet smaller than him and can't throw a punch and the other one's blind in one eye and deaf and that's still going to be there do you think I don't think he ever thought he was going to lose but I do think he's very smart in getting things in play signing that PFL deal at the time that he did, do you wonder if that was a smart move in that well, if the boxing thing goes out, I'll go do the MMA thing? Yeah,
2: you could be right. Yeah, it, it certainly a smart business move. My only question is, he does seem to genuinely love boxing. Uh, so I don't, even yeah. if it's just like, a sli- not an eye off the ball, but even if he's just slightly looking for a, an exit, it would concern me a little bit because I think that one of the strengths that he's got, whether it's delusion or whatever, and thinking he can have an actual boxing career, is it's a different thing to say KSI shows his hand because he literally has said, I'm fighting until I get the Jake fight, and then that's it. Yeah. Which is absolutely what he should do because that's he, KSI is never doing more than that. And I think he's realistic about that. But the the reason that Jake's been able to get better and improve, whatever I do think, because he does genuinely seem to believe in himself and, and want to do this. Um, so, whilst the PFL is a smart business decision, it is the only sort of red flag to me was that always oh, he. Is it the first sign that he's not fully backing himself? As you said, as it turns out, with a loss, whatever signing it when he did probably absolutely yeah. maximised uh, his potential.
0: Oh, it was probably as much two fingers up to Dana as well. That is that is true. Yeah, yeah. The way the way he's handled it, I think we said at the time in terms of being a superstar, Conor McGregor really did lay the blueprint in how people will take to you. the The difference is that Conor McGregor had a fan base beforehand. Um, Jake Paul was being boo- booed in diria But mm. even as the cocky guy, people want you to have your two days of humility. People want you to acknowledge that we're laughing at you before you go back to saying, you can't laugh at me, I'm bulletproof or whatever. Mm. I don't know how you read everything, the smiles and that, if it's a case of... I'm fine, but why you, Why have you got tears in your eyes then? Why, why are you fine? Why are you crying? Or if he genuinely is he's taking it the right way, the illness or whatever, the John Jones thing, this was a crutch going into the fight. I can lean on that. If things don't go my way, I'll come back and I'll do it again. If he maybe doesn't take the Tommy Fury fight, he says, look, I'm going to keep building. We'll meet further down the road. It's going to be a huge fight then. Blah, blah, blah. Because guys like, Nick Diaz are still going to be begging to come and fight him and he's still going to knock their head off.
2: Yeah, I think that's what I would do in his shoes. I think I would say, look, me and Tommy will meet again down the road, have a couple of fights
0: like that. Um, It's a case of pride, though. Do you think he could do the... Could he fight... And the thing he's maybe branded himself on was... Look at who Mayweather was fighting in his first fight. Look at who this was fighting in his first fight. Could he do that? Could he do that as the main event guy? Could he work his way up through boxing that way? Could he do that kind of thing? I don't know if there's a TV deal there where he can headline your standard fight on Showtime, not pay-per-view and you do it, and we're going to see how far we get Jake Paul, and we're going to work him gradually and gradually, and we're going to build him the right way. And that's your whole shtick. You now say, this is Jake Paul the boxer. This isn't Jake Paul the celebrity boxer. We're going to build him as we would any other guy. I think there's still plenty more there for him. The fact that the amount of people tuned in yesterday that did, I thought was testament to how well he has built this. And it's why I thought it was also such a misstep from BT to present it in the way that they did. Because I think when you get someone like Carl Froch on there, who we share similar thoughts on anyway, I thought in getting him on, you were appealing to the 20%. The 20% who want to hear what a farce this is and how ridiculous this is and how this guy's in a boxer in this. I thought you were better off not going the full DAZN way and promoting it like the mockery that it is, but promote it in a way and say, like, I don't know how much of the BT coverage you are able to see. They had Denzel Bentley on there. And Crollo, wasn't it? Yeah, and both of them were saying, but no, we've seen this from Tommy Fury so far. Defensively, he doesn't do this. Offensively, Jake Paul does this. He's fought these real opponents. He's done this. And they were doing it properly, and they were building the fight and telling you what it was. And then you had Dempsey there going, you know, Carl, I don't think we need to ask you twice about what would happen if you got in there with him. <laughs> and it's like, wh- what is this helping with the broadcast? We're about to see two guys fight and you've got Carl Frotch going, well, I beat the shit out of him if I had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it made it seem like it wasn't a real event. And it's so BT because I'm convinced there's someone internally that is trying to make them the worst they can possibly be. It is all that often they fuck it up. I think there's a lot of ways you can go about it. I think it's integral that if not the Tommy Fury fight, then the next one has to be as carefully planned as anything, because people need to see Jake Paul knocking guys out again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, you, you go for probably a. You either do the KSI fight because it's easy, really. I mean, I, I don't think I don't see that he can lose to KSI. Just I think he's just a level above him. Yeah. Um, and obviously you'll get more eyeballs than anything. It's probably the biggest payday in boxing. Crazy that sounds. So, do that. Get him iced. Then you can jump back into the Fury into the Fury fight. Or you go after Nate Diaz
0: again, it's the Nate Diaz one is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Nate will talk his talk, do his thing. Well obviously he now, money. He's like he's like he's perceived to be most vulnerable.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can build it that that Jake, well look, he, he can't deal with boxer. Nate Nate's obviously done, trained a lot of boxing his time, he's the trainer with Andre Ward, etc. etc. Um yeah, that's as you said, he's got to get it right. But at the same time, there's he's got plenty of opponents out there that will give him the chance to do so.
0: I'm not ruling out that him and his brother fight at some point. Really? Maybe, maybe I have been completely sucked in to all of this. Logan kind of jokes along with it. Jake does truly seem like he would be bang up for it. We'll, let's both make a lot of money. I'm better than you. I'll knock you out. You can go back to doing whatever whatever it is you do. I mean, not sure their families would be yeah. too thrilled about I mean, it. But. You really love money if you do do it, because
2: there's a lot of money on the table for it.
0: How much of an issue did you take with his uh, mid-round shouting at Tommy Fury while on the mic?
2: I thought it was just a horrible for him, really. Um, but I will say that stupid idea from the broadcast. I don't know who thinks I'm, I'm going to get someone who's fighting his brother on a mic to the whole arena. If you do it as you know, Sky and BT normally do, where it's, you're just talking to the camera to the audience at home, it's a different story. Absolutely. But doing it for an arena, this guy is going to be pumped. His brother's in a fight. He's probably not going to say... Probably he's probably not really going to get add anything for us, but the fact that he's doing that I just it just made, as you said, if we're trying to sell this as an actual, an actual like entertainment, actual boxing, they're having frotch in the studio, slander in it, and then Logan Paul kind of doing a bit of a circus mid fight. I don't think that's helping.
0: I thought, as ridiculous as it sounds, I thought Logan Paul did in that situation what he was supposed to do as his character in this is what he's billed as basically. Um, and this is what he's supposed to do is as the entertainer, this and that. I thought the issue was why does, if I'm in an arena, I don't care about an, an interview being played over the town or you can't hear it properly. No, it's weird for everyone. No one is going to be honest in that situation. Um, Probably didn't need to know Radio Raheem's name. Radio Raheem time he got on the mic, either. I tell you what, his though. whole spiel before he spoke to either fighter, and mistaken that Logan Paul said that he loved it. <laughs> yeah. Just the uh, oh god Brentian
2: material. The uh, I will say though, his brand has blown up over that because he's been doing Radio Raheem interviews forever, and literally that night, it's like people have discovered him. People that probably would never have seen a Rayder Rain, Rain thing, and that and that it's largely laughing for at the it. Wilder video. It's largely laughing at it, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, true.
2: Nice. You are right about uh, you know they have built it sensation in this fight because I don't know if I've ever seen this many people I wouldn't expect talking about it. Like I was on a team's call earlier, and everyone in there watched it, didn't matter women of what age never watch boxing normally like oh did you watch it last night and i was like what what are you asking yeah i
0: watched it but did you watch it yeah yeah i did (laughs) okay the the issue i have and i'm sure you get similar is i get asked about these things as the guy that watches boxing and in a lot of if you don't get it bang on
2: then you're you're a fraud
0: this a lot of things in the ones that these people care about i have i'm at least rooting for the guy that they're not supposed to be cheering for yeah and so i'll usually say well the common view is that this will happen but i personally think this will happen mm. and i'll lay it out like that and then i'll come into work and it'll be i thought you said he's gonna win I'll say, yeah. Not exactly <laughs> yeah what i said but yeah rough um yeah, referee, very poor. A loose cannon. You, you can't really get him in for that fight. You
2: have got to get someone else in. Jesus.
0: Um, I don't know how many of these events it's going to be until I supposedly want to jump on a plane and go across to Syria <laughs> or Saudi in, in any in any way. So I mean, maybe the sports just doesn't wash with me in the, in this case. <laughs> very strange. I thought the cards were. I mean thrown on the table when they said to Mike Tyson and what's brought you here for a huge fight I mean I mean the prince wanted me to be here and I believe in the prince and all the vision that he has and it's like okay yeah okay we have ourselves the only actual script we have this weekend is that yeah on to the fight this weekend John Jones Cyril Garn, heavyweight UFC 285 just over three years out for john jones do you have any idea how this is going to go
2: literally none i felt like i had a better idea how uh
0: paul and fury might go and i had no idea really on that one um because <laughs> my opinion of it has lit has been made by one six second video <laughs> what was this video John Jones, big fat John Jones doing uh, a heel sweep on a big fat Walt Harris. (laughs) And it was like, okay, we're going grappling here. John Jones. (laughs) I like it. It, It's going to be quite difficult
2: considering what I've said about John Jones in the last few times we've spoken about it for me to then come out and go, yep, he's going to be back to his best and and deliver a virtuoso. Um, I think it's going to be, is it just a case of, is he just that, just that bit better than Gone that my concerns about Jones coming back won't yet rear really ugly head because he's just that bit better than Gone is the question in my mind, I guess.
0: I mean, the, the the card is being built. They've put some names on here to try and make make a name for themselves. Uh, Jessica Penny and Tabitha Ric- Ricci have put on here is... Seems to be on every card. Ian Gary, they're they're trying to give him his go again. Yep. Although his fight is only on UFC Fight Pass against Son Kanan. Julia Marquez is back uh, just after the anniversary of him asking out Miley Cyrus and then asking her to tattoo <laughs> Cuban missile Crisis on her chest. <laughs> uh, Amanda Ribas is returning after I mean she was the hottest thing in the UFC property, for yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of months. Derek Brunson returns face uh, Drikas Duplessis It's fun. Cody Garbrandt returns against Trevin Jones. Bo Nickel makes his UFC debut, the hottest prospect in the UFC. Yeah. Mateus Gambrot against Jalen Turner is a banger of a fight. Jeff Neal against Shavkat Rachmanov is a banger of a fight. Then we have to sit through a Valentina Shevchenko fight. <laughs> um, Alexa Grasso though, so let's hope for the best. Um, and then John Jones, Cyril To so I guess there's no complex way of me breaking down why I'm picking John Jones to win. That Francis Ngannou fight, being taken down and controlled by Francis Ngannou is the, the reddest flag ever. Yeah. Maybe it turns out to be the Oliveira quit. And it's, why does everyone keep going on about this? Mm. Or maybe you just presented your biggest weakness and you still have to get past your six foot whatever frame looping kicks solid jab to get to those takedowns but maybe you have just written a big thing on your chest saying take me down john jones i have to imagine knows that's the best way to go about it i certainly can't imagine he'll go early and engage in the striking, I think he'll want to feel him out, feel that strength on him. And if there's one thing we can't really say about John Jones, it's that he's not an intelligent fighter. He's one of the most intelligent we've ever seen. And so I have to think for him to accept this fight after the amount of time out, I've got to think this is why. The fact that he was going to accept Francis Aganeu also, whereas Stipe is the one that there's been a lot of talk back and forth for previously, but never happened. The common thing I would say there is there's a clear path to victory to beat one of them. So that, that's just the way I would break it down.
2: Yeah, in my mind, I probably do you think Jones thinks I'm going to make this a boring fight and I'm just going to try and grapple you. Um, like you said, the Ingarnu one will obviously give someone of someone of Jones's calibre of wrestling a lot of hope. The, the only thing being that It's the most clear method to victory against Dominic Reyes and against Thiago Santos, and he didn't do it then. And it's kind of, with wrestling, we've seen it with a lot of fighters before, this kind of, you can have all the tools, but if you just leave them going rusty in the shed, you can't just think, I'm just going to bring them back. I mean, how many fights do we go into? And I know some of this was just that they elected not to, but at some point it was they didn't do it because they couldn't, someone like Gaethje or Romero, we talked about their wrestling background. Oh, but will he use it? Don't use it for so long. You aren't going to get it. You aren't going to use it again. Now, I'll assume that Jones will at this this point, but I've assumed he would before.
0: Yeah, I guess it's one of them where I think you could predict anything, and you could be made to look very foolish on Saturday. I guess the beauty at
2: heavyweight is he's his
0: hand is probably going to be even more forced. He's probably going. to
2: I'm going to really have to go to what I know. Um, And against guard, I I think you'll probably have enough to get past Cyril Garne, but I would still have concerns about him against, certainly if the ingani fight got made, I would be backing against him.
0: Yeah, agreed. Maybe he looks shot to bits, his body breaks down in like TJ Dillashaw style, mm. and we say, okay, you waited out, you've taken your cash, and you're now going to run. Or maybe he comes back, he's crowned as the GOAT inside the octagon, calls out Francis, Man, I wouldn't be surprised if he called out DC a heavyweight. To see, <laughs> uh, he gave DC permission to
2: commentate on his side. Did, that I was did, good yeah. of him, wasn't
0: it? He's always sunning that man. Him asking uh, what his walkout tune should be, and him, the, the mock-ups I've seen of him walking out to the, the Metro booming track with the Homelander speech on top of it would be as perfect as anything i've ever seen
2: Mm. it'd be oddly tragic if he was shot to bits it's an odd thing to say about someone that yeah it's clearly a bastard but just someone that good you can't you don't want to see
0: it do you for sure well thank you again for listening to another edition of spitballing pod round four a movie madness we'll be back with on friday so tune in then until then adios